Whoa! 800 million just for dot mil? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, April 18, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 505. This is No Agenda. Grabbing my suspicious package with my left hand here in the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in Austin, Tejas. Truly the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where, again, I have nothing really clever to say. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Bottom Buzzkill in the morning. You should, you should try it, though. I mean, I, I, I've tried it. You've heard it. You've heard my attempts. That's, that kind of makes them nice. But when you point out the obvious, it's disappointing. Point out the obvious. That's what we do on this show. <laughs> hold on a second. Let me state. Could you have the red book there? Could you just put an entry in? Uh, hold on. Okay. Just I need you to put something in. I'm gonna do that. Okay. Let me get All to right. the right page. Right. <laughs> I, I date the pages, and I haven't dated. Actually, I haven't opened the setup yet. Four eighteen. Mm-hmm. Twenty thirteen. Okay, right. go. Um, unicorns and rainbows will populate the earth. Okay, I won't write any more than uh, the U and I, and I'm done. I'm not writing. Miss Mickey, uh, making a fool of me. No, 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 no. Miss Mickey specifically asked me if I could put something beautiful and nice in the red book. (laughs) Beautiful. That's. What about the dolphins? (laughs) What about the dolphins? I don't remember the dolphin red book. Well, if you got the unicorns and you got the dolphins. (laughs) Oh, you're right. Butterflies. Better for butterflies. She's so angry. She's so angry. It's like with Ed, you, you guys put nasty stuff in this red book and it comes true. No, no. She, she says, put something nice in it for once. Let me take you back two okay, weeks in I time. Know, actually, JC's sitting in the room kibitzing. I'll put something nice in here. John and Adam <laughs> will get a million dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From? A million dollar donation. Donation, yes. For the end of the year. Okay. Very nice. Yeah, that's it, nice. Wait, wait, wait. They, each. Each. Okay. <laughs> Each. There you go. Now, well, there's a red book wasted. <laughs> Let me uh, take you back in time, John, uh, as we go back to episode 500, a broadcast on these very uh, interweb IP addresses on March 31st, 2013, two, a little over two weeks ago. Here's what I'm worried about, though, John. You know, so we, uh, so there's two things. We have this with this gun thing is not working. It's just not working. You know, it's just, it's, you know, yeah, they're going to, well, slowly we're going to get to the you're crazy and uh, therefore you can't have a gun, you can't drive, you can't be on the street, you can't be around children, you can't have alcohol, you can just basically stay indoors and be crazy with your walker. No, and, I watch a lot of TV and, and buy seeds. <laughs> yeah, and Morse code, all you can. <laughs> um and then you take into, you know, like a, a North Korea, like, oh, we're going to bomb Austin, ha, 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 ha. And, of course, you know, no one's buying this anymore, which means they're going to have to light something off pretty soon. That's the part that makes me. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, what I get I, worried I about. I think we're within two. You, what did you say? You think it's going to be in the next two weeks or? We were talking about that, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it worries me. You know, now we got to light something off to remind people that it, it can be real. It's dangerous out there. Yeah. And I'm, oh. Yes. Welcome back. Uh, we came within uh, a day. A day. <laughs> That's pretty frightening. Yeah, but, May twenty seventh next. Uh, well, zero. but here's here's the part that really bothered me because um, I didn't even go because I you know I knew we we did kind of looked at this uh, time frame, um, really in regards to 
something that seems to pop. You know, we kind of know that every six weeks the FBI has to justify their existence with some form of, you know, capture. And usually it's, you know, it's like, oh, we thwarted this. Oh, we got the guy just in time. We infiltrated the group. We set up this patsy. But we specifically here talked about them lighting something off, that it just wasn't working and all these patsy stories weren't working. And lo and behold, something really got set off. And that, that, that I have to say, um, freaked me out even a little bit. Ah. Uh. Because it's so... You know, it's so predictable. Well, the predictability of it is a little, I would say, at some point they're going to have to change it up. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, and also, you know, what comes into play here, and I just, somebody sent me a note about the 33 meme, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. they suggested a couple of things, and I started look, thinking about it. Now I'm starting to think a little more about it. And so I'm looking at... Um, <laughs> He, he mentioned that 33 uh, actually could be referring to, to Harry Truman. It's one of our producers. Because Truman was the 33rd president. Okay. And he's the one, and Truman's the one who established the security state that we're currently in. He set up the CIA, Alan Dulles, uh, John Foster Dulles, that whole era, NATO, and all these things that were created, were created during Truman's administration. They were taken to an extreme years later, but they, that's where it all began. And so, I, you know, you know, he says maybe it's a tribute to to, to, to Harry, <laughs> a tip of the hat. Uh, you know, I, and I thought, nah, it can't be it. So I'm looking around. I'm thinking, well, what is 33 in police code? 33 in police code is like code 33. Mm-hmm. It generally means emergency. Uh, stay off the air. Uh, don't. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can do is has to be emergency related. You stay. You have to be off the radio essentially. Okay. It says, uh, you know, if you if you heard code thirty three, you can't be gassing on the radio with the dispatcher. You have to just stay off the air. Well, that's kind of what you know you you get with these with these when you see thirty three show up. And I ran into two interesting uses, and so I started searching for thirty three on all the things that have been going on. There's lots of references to thirty three in the uh, and very interesting ones that seem to be slipped in by editors. Uh, on certain news stories, I sent you that Oakland Tribune article about the uh, yeah about um, um, West Texas. Let me let no, me. No, no, no. That's the other one. That's the Reuters report. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, which one there is was this? One that was shipped earlier in the week. It's a it's a, it's a Chicago Tribune article, and very clearly they mention a guy's name, and then they give his age, thirty three. Yes. Oh, yes, I did see that. Absolutely. Now, and that was kind of out of the blue because mm-hmm. there was other people mentioned in the article. No ages were mentioned except for this one guy, thirty three. Mm-hmm. And he, they, so I looked him up, uh, and you could find him if you did enough research. I didn't want to go get carried away and actually fly out, but I, <laughs> I did enough research to find his address in uh, Massachusetts. Wait, wait, do you do you send him a telex? No, I, I, I have some resources to find addresses. Uh-huh. So I found his address, and then I looked it up on Google Maps, and there's nothing there. Uh-huh. Uh, you mean, you mean like it, it's like an empty lot? It's it's a it's a forest. <laughs> and, <laughs> Okay. So All I right. said, okay, well, this guy's, I don't know what the deal is with this guy. But they put him in this article 33, which seems to me that means that I'm thinking it means like, hey, this is an intelligence operation. Shut up. Stay stay calm. Go do something else, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I didn't think much of it until I looked up the, the ricin uh, attack. Yeah. And there was zero references to 33. You had this really scrounge to find any 33 thing. Mm-hmm. And I looked up some other things. And again, no 33. So, so I said, well, I'm sure there's nothing with this West Texas deal. 
Uh-huh. Immediately, I send you that article, and there's two 33s used in that article. One of them is says 133, which is just at least the kind of at least maybe give you a heads up. Mm-hmm. And then again, we have a guy's name and age 33. 33. Yeah. And so I'm thinking this is uh, this is now getting a little spooky. Literally, I, I don't. Ha- uh, I, I, before you go on, there's one other thing that I caught that the the headline was 33. It is amazingly low compared to where it's been in recent weeks. Uh, we saw a very dramatic move in the last 24 hours in the price of gold. Uh, it fell by $140 an ounce. That's a 9% fall in a day, the biggest one-day decline in more than 30 years. Now, she doesn't say it, but the headlines everywhere say 33. I couldn't find one which actually said 33. Huh. 33 well, years. See, this again... This gets me to the point where this this 33 being dropped in as an age or some other indicator. Uh, I believe, I mean, again, you know, this course, this takes us to to that short uh, uh, 13-week series, the Rubicon, which claim or or makes the point that there's all these codes out there. In 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 publications, in in mainstream publications. In mainstream publications Mm -hmm. that they drop them in because it's the only way you can communicate without getting indicted, especially in a a world where everything's tapped. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, the best I'm way thinking, to hide something is to do it in plain sight, obviously. Right, and you use this code thirty-three right. to to make, because we've been seeing thirty-three. I think you you spotted it first some five five years, years ago. ago. <laughs> it it just keeps cropping up, harping on it. And now I'm beginning to you know, and so I said, well, let me just let's think about it differently as as let's think of it as an intelligence message. Like, okay, we were doing this, so don't right. panic, don't worry about right, it. We're, right. We got this down. And so we're just going to look at 33 differently, I, at least I am. And I'm going to start looking for this age thing. That and, and, let me, and let me just point out that uh, five years ago, you probably would not have really wanted to do this type of research. You would have said, this is kind of kooky. But after seeing Rubicon and after the uh, the constant, you know, in our faceness of this number, now the buzzkill is actually researching this. Well, I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's just noteworthy, and it just and and it, and it doesn't make any sense. But I can see somebody slipping it in. If you're an editor, for example, you don't see this code. This is another thing I noticed. You never see this code used in the New York Times. I, I think we maybe if if it, if it ever happens, it's a miracle. And the New York Times is supposedly compromised, but you never see it. And the reason for that is, I believe the New York because I've written for the New York Times. The New York Times is extremely over-edited. Right. So you can't just slip stuff in. Right. Because, because it has to, it has to somebody has, else will pull yeah, it out. Yeah, it has to go through a whole bunch of editors and fact-checkers. Yes, and so you can't just casually drop this in. But but these other – but the uh, uh, Chicago Tribune, the way it was dropped in, one age only, and this was the 33 of this guy who knows who he is, and uh, who has actually – well, it's interesting. I could go on about that, but but the Reuters thing. We've always thought Reuters was compromised in, in a very overt way. Then they can slip. You know, an editor can put, do anything. You have a you have your uh, the guy p- produces the copy, and next thing you know, there's some little extra sentence put in. It's it's not a big deal. I have extra sentences put into my PC magazine column, which is really lightly edited, and somebody will have some time on their hands, and they'll kind of massage things and I, I go back and look I say oh that's interesting I never said that uh, but how annoying is that though it's not that annoying mm. because if they do their job right it actually sounds a little better so it makes you look good supposedly and I've had situations where I've had been edited 
uh, where they ruined the copy. Uh, mm -hmm. They this happened at Infoworld. There used to be an editor there that I had jokes that were timed that needed to be put in there a certain way. <laughs> oh, that's and the best when they ruin it. <laughs> they ruined the joke. They changed the word. Right. <laughs> They'll change a word. It's like a, a, it's the joke. Right. Part of the joke is this word. And because they're, they're idiots, and uh, so I had that happen, and it was and very and, and let's just add to this: we know that as a part of um, a covert action project QR, um, what was it called again? We had the yeah. well, the Mockingbird is one, but there's a number of uh, uh, Project Pundit. There's a number of of these uh, CIA covert operations where literally either the agency is writing for the journalist or the editor or the editor or the journalist is an agent. Exactly. Now, uh, we did run into a I, – I ran into an interesting little tidbit, which was the uh, guy who got – who blew himself up that we're going to mention at least on the show, the guy who did the website The Pricker. Yes. Um, the guy in Los Angeles was kind of a nut job. Funny, you 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 got that too. Interesting. Okay. So the guy was a nut job, and uh, for so, and he was working on his, I think, another new iteration of the pricker. Now, I, now do people know? I, I don't think people know exactly what you're talking about. So there, there was a, this is the guy who apparently blew himself up in his house. Yeah, supposedly. Uh, but what what was weird about it is he was. Um, Working on another iteration of this website of his called The Pricker, right. which was talking about a device used by intelligence agents uh, and governments to prick to somebody with very lightly pricked their skin and and, and essentially put in a... Uh, a ricin. A, 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 well, yeah, ricin would be one of them, but the, he... And if you read, read his little manifesto... He believes they've, they've, got, they've been addicted to the idea of poisoning people with weird diseases. By the way, um, they're calling this an essay, uh, the, the Los Angeles Times. Not a manifesto, but an essay, which I think is significant. They don't call it a manifesto. Well, yeah. Well, it probably is. And the, the way they, they write it up in their article where, they, where the guy blew himself up um, – we have links in the show notes, but this is this is if you read if you read this and, and the I've put, I've downloaded the word document um, that yeah that he basically translated uh, onto no, his put website. That in the uh, show notes. Uh, no, it's in the show. Of course, it's in the show notes. Yeah. And um and but if you read this, like oh, that's how they got Andrew Breitbart. <laughs> it's like oh, that's probably how they injected cancer into Castro. I mean, yeah. uh, or, uh, Chavez, 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 Chavez. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Chavez, you know, you, you have to remember a lot of American celebrities. And we don't know how many American celebrities are compromised. You mean celebrities. Yes. And we we don't know how many are compromised, but we're sure a lot of them are. I think at this point it's how many aren't compromised. <laughs> well, the ones that are out polit polit politicizing. They're, they're out politicking. politicking you know, yeah. uh, and they're floating around, you know, glad-handing with people like Chavez. Yeah. Uh, which would include a couple of them from the area. Uh, what's his name? Penn, for example. Sean. He, uh, they could have, you know, who knows? I mean, it doesn't take much if this device works the way they or, say. But anyway, so or, this or, 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 I'll, I'll just say, you know, you know the, um, uh, the woman, the young woman who was blown up handing out books in Afghanistan to children. She, you know, she was, uh, she was an operative. She was with, um, uh, Chavez before her Afghanistan uh, run, 
Oh, that's interesting. And so the, there's a theory well, you, out there. You don't that, know who he, yeah, it could have been somebody like that. Yeah. Assuming that any of this is even remotely possible, and, uh, and I, it could be. But what I found interesting was the guy did discuss a couple of things. I mean, he had a bunch of – he was pretty crackpot on some issues. But I mean, but he, he, he literally had his house um, uh, decked out with tinfoil to stop yeah. uh, the government from Brain talking waves. to him <laughs> in his head, which is not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why – yeah, I can see you doing that eventually. So uh, anyway, uh, he had a very interesting point that he made that he got from somewhere. And as soon as he said it, I said, oh, Duh, this was probably true. And it, it went like this. And I thought this was fascinating. I never thought about it before. We, we talk about Woodward and these other guys who have a lot of their books written by the uh, intelligence community. Uh, he says they like to rewrite history, that there'll have be a situation that occurred that gets discovered and it needs to be covered up in some way. So they have these books the, the, the agencies have already pre written a big book. Oh, the some, history book. Yeah, a history yeah. book that's been pre-written and sitting in the in abeyance, and with the different uh, you know uh, authors out there with a with a sole deal, but they don't have anything to produce. They're still writing it, and then when they need to get the uh, the their history changed, they insert into one of these giant manuscripts the the new facts mm-hmm. as though that was done written years ago because mm-hmm. this guy's taken three years supposedly to write this book and then within a month or so the whole manuscript is ta- is given to the publisher and it comes out as some sort of a you know oh well this is interesting because you know it's as though the guy had written it yeah and and it just, and, and, yeah right and it's always coincidentally right the timing is always perfect these guys always have the book out at the right moment yeah and the, I thought and the, that was a pretty excuse. I thought that was from a, the perspective of someone who uh, – From I, I thought that was awesome, <laughs> to be honest about <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. It was just a really – I said, wow, these guys have really got some good ideas. Uh, I mean it's corrupt, but it's just like, wow, that's a pretty slick idea. It, it, it is American ingenuity. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we do rock in that regard. So when all this is happening in Boston, and then we had the West Texas thing, which I still am trying to figure out what I've yet to hear a good explanation well, for the well, explosion well, let, itself. But let's start there for a second, because first of all, I'm doing my prep last night, and uh, Ms. Mickey comes in. She says, uh, "What? What is? You know, she did. She didn't understand the term of. Uh, I think fertilizer. She never heard that. She knew about fertilizer, but for some reason, she was confused." And you know she'd basically only seen the news break in, um, and uh, and I had the sound turned down on. Uh, in fact, I can't even turn the TV on now because my OCAP is launching. Whatever the fuck that is. Thank you, Time Warner. Um, and so I'm like, and, and and I see immediately CNN, Waco, Texas, fertilizer explosion. I'm like, uh, okay, I understand the message you're giving me, uh, but I'm not quite ready. I I need to you know go easy here. So first of all, uh, West Texas is not Waco, uh, CNN. Uh, you know, the twenty miles is—it's n- just not Waco. Yeah. So, so, th- so there's an obvious reason for this messaging and the fertilizer. And then I I l- listened to this this short clip, and and I'm not an expert, but I do know there's a discrepancy in what uh, uh, the trooper here is telling us about uh, about this tragedy. Change in area. The anhydrous is still smoking, and there's a little. So anhydrous ammonia is what he's talking about. Small flames, and they don't want to get the firefighters hurt or injured inside the uh, blast area. 
I can tell you I was there. I walked through the blast area. I searched some houses earlier tonight. Massive, just like Iraq, just like the Murray building in Oklahoma City. Same kind of anhydrous exploded. So you can imagine what kind of damage we're looking at there. Now, uh, when I looked up on the Book of Knowledge, uh, I do not see any reference to anhydrous uh, ammonia um, uh, at uh, Oklahoma City. I see uh, ammonia nitrate, but not this particular type of uh, ammonia. Right. And so, anhydrous ammonia is a liquid. It's essentially a, a ammonia gas mm-hmm. that's chilled, uh, put under pressure and chilled to twenty-eight degrees or so, uh, minus twenty-eight degrees Fahrenheit, I believe, and then it, it liquefies, and you, then you can haul it around in tanker trucks, and it's used for all kinds of things. Right, uh, but, but not, it's not. It's not flammable. It's not. It's not exactly. It's not flammable. It is not. It, it was will not catch on fire though under some circumstances, but because it, it, it reacts with the oxygen. But that is not the same as some uh, creating a situation where it will explode. Now, if you mixed it with natural gas, uh, that could become a, a, a nightmarish explosion, which I believe is maybe is what happened because they did have cut off some gas supplies. I have yet to hear an explanation, but that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Okay, so because, the, the thing that I don't like is in this this press conference. In this is this literally is the first one minute of the press conference where immediately he's likening this to uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, and then goes straight into Oklahoma wait, City and and, just, and and literally stating it is the same stuff that was used. It right, is not. That's not true. Used the code word Waco. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and it is it is just report. not true. You know, you know what I got? I got a message from someone this morning um, who used to work, uh, confirmed, used to work at the drone program. Yeah. Said to me, drone strike. And, and, and this person has, why? Why would this person say that to me? That's interesting. And well, and and what I immediately thought is, oh my god, Kim Jong Un was using an Apple Maps and he tried to hit Austin. <laughs> <laughs> so I give myself a little in the morning in for that. The morning. Oh, yeah, yeah, but but I'm but I am not I am not joking. I seriously got an email that said drone strike. And, and I don't know. I mean, it, it looked like the place well, was on you know, fire. Why wouldn't it? Uh, that would cause a problem. I can see a huge explosion. If you t- took a drone strike and hit that plant, oh. uh, with all that ammonia, the thing about ammonium nitrate, which is what fertilizer plants usually make. Uh, no, no, but this does not make ammonium nitrate. This plant, I looked it up. They don't make any ammonium nitrate. All they no. do is make anhydrous. Anhydrous, and but I will give you one extra little uh, piece of goodness about this particular plant, about this particular company. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna run up right now. Uh, 2007, in establishing itself as a market leader, Monsanto allegedly pursued ownership interest in a wide variety of potential competitors, not only to expand and consolidate its existing seed trait monopolies, but also to block development and market entry of alternative herbicide, tolerant seed varieties, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in a class action brought against Monsanto by Texas Grain in 2007, Texas Grain is DBA West Chemical and Fertilizer. Uh, it similarly was claimed that Monsanto leveraged its market power in seed trait markets in such a manner as to reduce competition in the separate herbicide market. So this was a lawsuit, Texas Grain Storage, Inc., DBA, doing business as West Chemical and Fertilizer versus Monsanto, 2007. Um, 
so it it wouldn't hurt anybody in the administration if uh, if this place got droned because you know they're annoying anyway. Interesting. It's one of, one of those angles where you go, wow. <laughs> okay, let's just add a little bit. So you know, I mean, for an 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 ex, not someone who flew the drones, but someone who was into, uh, let's just call sysadmin intimately um, involved with the administration side of the systems. Um, and you know, and has told us a lot about the encryption problems. Just basically, encryption not being on, etc. Um, literally emailed to me this morning, drone. Huh. And 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 I think. Well, those things are pretty good shooters. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, it's not a hard target in this case. You know, it's like it's like a big building in 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 the middle of Texas. Literally in the middle of Texas. But maybe we should look at all the all this being said and all this being done, and, and maybe we can figure some stuff out. Because the one piece that does not fit in the Boston puzzle is we have blamed no one yet, and I, I think there's a reason for that. Um, but well, I want to. Well, if you think there's a reason, I like to hear it. I want to play a clip then, which is um, let's see, where's my clips on this? Uh, Piers Morgan had one of the yeah the CIA guy. guy. I think we probably the, have the you same. You saw clip. that, right? Yeah, we probably have the same clip. Let me play okay, it. Okay, well, he's got the CIA guy who's all of just all. This guy's all over the map. Bear, I think his name is. Or yeah, whatever. Bear, yeah, let's B-E-H-R. listen to him. Let's listen to him. The developments tonight in the Boston bombing, including new photographs from the attack. Could we be on the verge of a genuine breakthrough? I want to bring in CNN contributor and former CIA operative Bob Baer, Chad Sweet, the former chief of staff of Homeland Security, and former FBI assistant director Bill Gavin, who led the investigation of the 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center. Uh, welcome to you all. Bob Baer, uh, again, we're in the, the world of speculation here, but we do know a lot more than we did when we spoke yesterday. Um, in terms of speculation, where is your head taking you with this investigation? Well, Pierce, I keep on going back and forth. You know, I think this could be a domestic group or, or a psychotic. <laughs> uh, but I've been talking to This guy hasn't gotten his marching orders yet. He, exactly. Out. That's what I was thinking. I said, so he, he's no one told him. No one told him. No yet. one told him or he wasn't reading to write the newspaper to no. get whatever code is in there. No. no and he so he's get it. clueless. And so he starts to ad lib the whole thing. He'll get a memo. Oh, Afghanistan yeah. oh, yeah. and analysts around Washington. Oh, okay. So let me let me bring out my clip because it was from later in. Unless you edited, it. you didn't edit anything, did you? No, I have the okay. whole thing. No, no, no. Well, oh, let me listen. And there's there's they're looking at Al Qaeda, and the way they're explaining it is that Zawahiri made a tape a couple days ago in which could have been a coded message for operatives in this country to strike again this is speculation analysis uh in particular what is is speculation analysis i think that's what we do (laughs) speculation analysis (laughs) it's code that's cia code for um let me see i don't know what i'm talking about i think it's bullshit oh that's what it is yeah he's been pushing for taking retaliation for the drone strikes in pakistan and yemen no 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 here's the here's the part that i like what he said this this to me was so telling as to who pulled this off because I'm pretty sure it wasn't the FBI, um, and I'm I'm quite confident the FBI knew that something was going to happen. Uh, they were not clued in. This was not supposed to happen this way, uh, but I I am of the belief that um, this is possibly a CIA action 
for a different reason, and and he kind of gives it away. Not bad. Um, you've done many covert operations with the CIA. <laughs> Let's give our guy a little. Uh, well, you've done many covert operations with the CIA. Good yeah, job there. Yeah, too. yeah. Rawr. From what you've seen and read, where is your head going with this? Well, there are a couple observations I have, Pierce, and one is uh, the fact that there were two explosive devices used. They went off uh, fairly reliably. Uh, that's not easy to do. I've made these improvised devices myself. I've watched instructors do it. It's difficult. Uh, the t- timing devices, inevitably one doesn't go off or there's a low order of explosives. So somebody knew what they were doing, at least had some practice. Two is. Listen to this. I don't know, Bobby. Listen to this. You can see these pictures, but we're actually showing uh, new images of what the uh, police and FBI believe are the devices or part of the devices that may have. Now, listen to his response. Listen carefully. Being used here. Uh, It's Atlanta Station WAGA. Can you see these pictures, Bob? No, I can't see them. But I I, I know it's, it's a pressure cooker. Right. And uh, pressure cookers are commonly used in the Middle East. In fact, in the 80s, the CIA trained the Afghans to use small stoves or pressure cookers against the Soviet Red Army. Yeah, so the CIA knows how to make these. That's very obvious. He's basically saying, yeah, I know it's a pressure cooker. I know. I know we make them all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's very common. It's very common. It's it's a pressure cooker. I I totally get it. Makes so much sense, the pressure cooker. He's, gonna get a, he's, he's, he's getting gonna a memo. Get oh, yeah. This. Oh, he's getting a memo. So here's a couple other clues. Um, so he mentioned, he didn't say cell phone. He said get the timing right, timing devices. So the guy knows something. He knows that they were set on timers and that they weren't set off by the cell phone system. Even the president, I feel, and this is just my um, speculative analysis. What did he call that again? That was a great word. Speculation analysis? Speculation. No, oh. it was something else. No. Oh, we'll get it later. <laughs> we'll, we'll find it later. We'll use it for a show title if we can remember. Um, listen to the president. This was a heinous and cowardly act. And Oops. What we now know about what took place, the FBI is investigating it as an act of terrorism. Anytime bombs are used. Anytime bombs are used. He didn't say anytime bombs are used. He says anytime bombs are used. Listen to it. Bombs are used. Oh, crap. Hold on. Move back a little bit more. It may, it, I may be crazy, but I'm investigating it. it as an act of terrorism. You are crazy. Anytime but I bombs like it. are used, and you, you talked over it. Said, do it again. What we now know about what took place, the FBI is investigating it as an act of terrorism. Anytime bombs are used to target innocent, <laughs> it's pretty close. It's pretty, pretty damn close. It's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we got we, we we got to keep it light. Wink. wink. We got to keep it light. Um, now. There was another uh, Red Book entry that came true. Uh, Of course, we only talked about this maybe four weeks ago, um, about the reclassification of IED, the term IED, Improvised Explosive Device, and uh, that this was now being ushered into the American vocabulary. Oh, boy, did Jake Tapper prove us right. It's a legacy of the war on terror. Improvised explosive devices, known as IEDs, have wreaked havoc on U.S. forces in Iraq and Afghanistan, tearing through armored vehicles and in Afghanistan, amounting to half of all U.S. troop deaths. And with the devastating bombing at the Boston Marathon, the threat that forces face overseas has come home. Yahoo! Finally! It only took us four weeks, but it's come home. 
The IEDs are here, and they're here to stay, baby. Welcome to it. When I was a kid, there used to be some maniac in Berkeley who was had made pipe bombs, which was the way it used to be done. Yeah. And he kept bombing these banks. He put it in front of a bank. Boom. <laughs> really? <laughs> Wait a minute. Was uh, was Did he have a T-shirt on that said, like, Weather Underground? <laughs> so I... It's like, you know, this is not a new phenomenon that people put when, these bombs When, when I there. was a kid, when I was a kid, in growing up on the farm uh, south of Amsterdam, I'm talking I was eight, nine years old, uh, we, would, we would take fertilizer, we would mix it with water and sugar, and we'd uh, dip paper in it, and then we'd let the paper dry, and then you'd tear the paper up into squares, and then, you know, you could do like this magic trick, you'd be like your own little Brian Brushwood, and you could light it and go... <laughs> And, you know, the paper would, you know, do like a big magician flare. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and of course, you know. Yeah, no sugar and ammonium nitrate, you can have a lot of fun with Yeah, it. and then, you know, and then from time to time, you know, you put some little PVC thing and put it behind a stop sign or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, there's nothing new. Nothing new. Not for us, at least. Right, John? Nothing well, new. Well, I never blew anything up except to well, a stop sign. Maybe blow up with a cherry bomb. Yeah, well, that well, and that's effectively what I saw, big cherry bombs. So let me get into the conspiracy side because people were going, were just freaking out um, about, um, well, let's see, the uh, this part, of course, whenever there's a training exercise, and I do have, so of course I have the, the video, which probably just about everybody who's listening to this podcast has heard of or have seen. Let me play that first. That's when the explosions started going off. His wife had been sitting in the section where one of the explosions went off, but thankfully she had left her seat to come meet up with him. He says there was just this thick, blinding cloud of white smoke. They all started running. The coach told me, though, this is interesting, before the marathon, he saw bomb-sniffing dogs and bomb spotters on the roofs at the starting line, and it appeared to him there was some sort of active threat before the explosions went off. At the start line this morning, they had um, bomb spotters on the roof of the building, and they had bomb-sniffing dogs coming up and down at the start line, and Melanie said there was bomb-sniffing dogs at the finish line, but they kept making announcements saying to the participants, do not worry, this is just a training exercise. Well, evidently, I don't believe they were just having a training exercise. I think they must have known, they must have had some kind of threat or suspicions called in. Now, Coach Stevenson told me he's run plenty of marathons in D.C. and Chicago, other major metropolitan areas, but he's never seen that many bomb-sniffing dogs for a race. But for right now, reporting live in the newsroom. Okay. So, you know, that is pretty damning, and uh, and there were more reports of, of this nature. Um, what he, So this is kind of weird because, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the crisis actors and you know when I saw when I saw the uh, explosions, uh, or that you kind of see that you can't really see the second one, but the first one, you see the explosion clearly goes more up than out. Um, you know, there's there's not a lot of uh, great video footage of you know you just don't really you know it's right. Not- and if you've ever seen the videos of the explosions that you you run into an. Uh- Oh, it, it, it's waste. It's not to be compared. It's no, incomparable. It's not to be compared. Yeah. They are frightening. Yeah, no, but it would have ripped right through from one side to the other. Yeah, and of course, then what we saw is there was you know tons of questionable pictures. In fact, I uh, you know the the picture you sent out on the newsletter. You know that's a Photoshop picture, right? I thought they were all photoshopped. Well, okay, but that's the front page of a newspaper. And what's talking they, about the second shot with all the blood? Yeah, 
Yeah, so, so I know the blood doesn't even look. No, 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 no. If you look at the picture you put in the newsletter, you'll yeah, that's the picture I put. Yes, but that is a Photoshop picture, and what they have done is they have removed gore. Um, the person's left leg is actually in the in the original picture is open, and there's oh, okay. and there's but you know if when a newspaper does that, then you cannot you can no longer believe the newspaper ever again. You know that is that is like either you don't use the picture. Right. No, I agree. Okay, so so, but so this has been going on since. Yeah, the of course, of, the of course. So so of course, everyone gets really suspicious. Uh, I think you know, uh, I spent hours looking at uh, the video where it looked like some blood all of a sudden was disappeared, like the yeah, guy was I, in I, front I, of. The- I, I do have a clip that of the guy who's one of the, the number of people apparently posted this, and there's but you can hear the guy. There's the guy's talking over the just to put a third party in. I I think we should play the clip. Which is the reaction yeah, to the disappearing it. blood and gore? So this is a this is a guy who's posted this with his commentary as he watches it. This is the ABC News special report currently regarding um, two bombs that have gone off in Boston. Something that's a little interesting. I will close up here. What looks to be some type of blood and gore, perhaps a, a body part or something like that. Now I want you to take a look at what happens here when this individual walks past this gore and suddenly the blood is gone and the gore is gone and some type of a bizarre object has been left in its place right so there was tons of this and when you really look at i looked at the original from abc uh not you know not like the the the, the guy he's projecting on his wall or whatever he's standing yeah, next yeah, to it you know like he's like a powerpoint presentation um it and it's you know it's either a flag or some kind of Drapery that either blows away or is being pulled away. It's it's not a green screen fake. But here's um, so then there's the one photographer and his pictures have been published around the world and um, you see the guy with like his tibia hanging out and his legs are blown off and you know the the there's blood on the ground and the, the, the mayhem and of course immediately. Uh, this is an actor. Uh, this is this is this guy. He's a double amputee from uh, I think Afghanistan or Iraq, and uh, you know there's pictures posted of him side by side, and this is the guy, and then there's the crazy guy who helped him out with the hat. I mean, all this stuff, and it's just going nuts now. So, of course, I have no way to know. I haven't been in this situation. I have no way to know what this really looks like. But I have two sources that I went to. The first one is uh, Ch- producer Chad, who is an uh, EMT, and uh, and I and I said, please look at these pictures and tell me what you think. And he his response was so detailed. He said, well, at first I didn't like the the way the blood looked, but I don't have a reference to this to blood on this specific type of sidewalk. I mean, this is how detailed the guy is, because you know he's seen it all. He's seen right. it so all. Blood would look different in yeah. different circumstances. He, he says, "If this is fake, it is very, very good." Okay. You know who my other source is, don't you? When it comes to blown off stuff, blown off limbs, Miss Mickey. Oh right, she was in an explosion. Well, her ex-husband, uh, they were both in the car. Right, and he and lost his, his, legs. his legs were blown off in the in the car explosion, in this car, and she still has shrapnel in you know in her by her left eye. And I and I, I was like, you know, she said, "Do you want to ask me anything?" I was like, for two days, I'm like, no. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and then, and then I said, you know, and so finally she's like, you know, 
Because you know, it's traumatic, you know. And uh, when yeah, we well, know, we understand. So what happened? Yeah. So I said, would you mind taking a look and tell me what you think? And she looks at it, and she you know, and she she ponders a whole bunch of things, and she says, well, you know, first of all, explosions are really weird. Um, you know, it, you can have a window right next to a window that's perfectly fine, and and you know, and a whole wall can be obliterated. So the way blast works, you know, you can't count on any of that. But she looked at it, and she's you know, and 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 she re- recounted and recalled her exact situation, and she said, "This looks very real." So I'm going to go with my two sources and say this is not a fake, uh, and respecting their you know their real life experience, and you know Mickey has act- actually seen blown off legs, <laughs> you know. So and you know and that the blood does stop flowing, and that's all kinds of things that happen. So. Um, well, you know, we'll take that into account, but this was not meant to cause massive damage. These things blew upward. Um, of course there's concussion and there's, you know, the devastation right around that area, but also the timing is very interesting. Uh, the timing being at a quarter to four and not at the height of the finish, um, or, you know, not at any other moment, but, and in fact, I think, they were meant to go off later if they were meant to go off at all. And I think a lot of people knew that something was happening. And the first thing I looked at, I got messages, you know, the whole day, what was on the news before this happened? Do you remember? No. The market is crashing. Gold is crashing. Oil is crashing. Everything is crashing. A quarter to four, 15 minutes before the markets close, this happens. And if you look at the charts, and I have it in the show notes, if you look at gold and if you look at oil, phew, the the and and we were on a like tumbling down the stairs. You can pull up the charts, John. Tumbling down the stairs. This had nowhere to go but all the way to the bottom. The minute this explosion happened, it stopped. Prices rose again. Well, that's not normally the way the market reacts to such things. No, but I, but no one is talking about the market at all, and I think that. The market was aware something was going to happen and maybe intended for it to keep going more and more and more. I don't know exactly what was going on, but the timing of a quarter to four with 15 minutes, you know, as, the, as it's spiraling out of control. Gold and oil were spiraling out of control. And everything's just look at you just look at it. A quarter to four, you can see the charts. Everything stopped. Excuse me. Huh. It, the spiral just stopped. And the next day, everything went back up again. So I'm I'm thinking that since we have not pointed to anybody, here's I have a couple of theories. First, let me ask: Do you have any theories? No, not nothing. Uh, well, I mean, I've had different thoughts on the thing. Like well, it was let, another let, one of these uh, setups that was supposed to be discovered, and then they went off. Yes, you know, yeah. it was poorly designed. And, well, I'm, and that's where the dogs they were supposed to find these mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. So there was a mistake, or maybe they were triggered by a phone. Nobody really knows for sure. Since it was destroyed, except for somehow some battery pack showed up. I don't know how that works. I think. But, I think. Um, but you know, I, I think my my thing here's here's one one possibility. They, they set these things up, and then an auto dialer somewhere trying to sell somebody some sort of security system rang the first phone, and then it blew up, and then and then it automatically went to the next phone and rang it because, and then the two things, 
12 seconds apart. And uh, so what the hell happened? And then we then the, the weird part was, oh, there were two other bombs, and then there weren't two other bombs, and then one of the other bombs was blown up, but then it wasn't apparently, and one was at the Kennedy Library. I mean, the whole thing okay. is a confused scenario. Right, and we'll, and we'll never know the answer because that's how it works. But I think you're saying a lot of the things that I'm seeing too. Two of them were meant to go off. I think that they were meant to go off an hour later, closer to 5 o'clock, and were supposed to do even less damage. And the third one was supposed to be found, and that this was supposed to be pinned on North Korea somehow. I don't know. I mean, well, I... I never got that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, because even the bar guy kept going on. You didn't play the rest of my clip, but he, he blamed it on the Al-Qaeda. Well, no, everyone's blaming it on something. But the fact that the authorities have no one to pin it on means there's massive confusion. And I'm thinking that the Patsy turned on them or whoever was brought in to plant these uh, has evidence, you know, that, that, the, uh, that someone was complicit... The, the cover-up is taking place now, okay? And here, by the way, here's Lucy Napolitano in charge of $40 billion worth of Department of Homeland Security infrastructure. Um, literally, parts of her budget and parts of the military, industrial, homeland security complex budget goes towards the media giving us the impression that they can do exactly what she says she can't do. We've been collecting video from a variety of sources. As you might imagine, at the finish line of the Boston Marathon, there's, there's lots and lots of video. Uh, there is some video that um, ha has raised uh, uh, the uh, question of those that um, the FBI would like to speak with. I wouldn't characterize them as suspects under the technical term. Uh, but we need the public's help in locating these individuals. You know, this is not an NCIS episode. Sometimes you have to take time to properly... Oh, really? You Why can't... is she plugging NCIS, by the way? Well, but you can't rotate, enhance, zoom in? Really? You can't do that? Well, this is disappointing. This is disappointing. So she's telling the truth, is that they, they have no... I mean, she's going to discredit NCIS like that is out of character. She's grasping for straws because she's not sure who she's supposed to pin it on. Right. Because the messaging got screwed up. And and let me say something else. You saw, uh, and we'll talk about this, you saw the president's anger uh, when it came to the uh, background check gun legislation and not passing the Senate. You saw his anger, correct? Yeah, no, he was irked. Why, why do I not see that anger... When it when when people are blown to bits, he wasn't angry. I mean, he's literally calling people liars and and, and you know getting in people's faces about this. But when when Americans are blown to bits, he's like, "Yeah, we'll find out. We'll bring him to to justice." But then all of a sudden, he's like George Bush. Where's the anger? Is that not allowed? Is that not presidential? Is that not the way you do it? Well, he shouldn't be angry about the gun legislation then. Well, but he was. And I'm just like, where's the, it was misplaced anger at that time and day. Um, 
Anyway, so uh, let's just run down the shills, because, of course, even though we don't have an official narrative, uh, lots of people are jumping in and, uh, and doing what you'd expect they would do. Here's a uh, former mayor of New York, uh, inside job, Rudy Giuliani. The kind of attack that big cities have been on the lookout for and really concerned about for years now. What, what do you make of where this investigation is? Well, you know, this is the kind of attack that I thought, and I think many others did, uh, was going to happen quite frequently after September 11th. So I think we have to first say we're fortunate that we've been able to stop so many of them. I think the government has done a good job of oh, yeah. interrupting many of these attacks that could have taken place. There, yeah. Good job. Good job. Oh, man, I can't believe this one took place. And then Peter King. And we, we've caught this guy shilling about this crap. I mean, he use, he is, this guy should be put in, uh, uh, should be lynched. Now, what is it? What do you put him on the square and you put him in irons? Is that what we know? Stocks. Stocks, thank you. And, th- and throw horse manure at his face. I start going to different stores and shops and businesses to find out who would have purchased them. And also you get information from the community. Uh, uh, bits and pieces come in which may uh, it by themselves mean nothing but add up to a lot. That's why we always say if you see something, say something. Because something that may seem... Un- okay, so so of course first he, he uses the meme. And we might as well play the jingle while we're at it. If you see something, say something. They sh- I mean, they better start licensing this stuff from us because it would be perfect on the joint giant voice system and and here is king taking it to the max important to you or to me it fits into a you know to the larger picture so i i feel very good about this i feel very good about this and if i could just divert for one second if one thing positive can come out for this horrible event he feels good and he's got something positive it should be to alert people especially people in the congress that the war against terrorism is far from over whether it's islamic jihadists or whether it's uh, right-wing extremists is people today use terror that's their weapon of choice that's their tactic and strategy of choice and we can't be cutting back i don't believe on homeland security funding we can't be uh, cutting back on funding things going to local police departments because you can have all the federal intelligence in the world but it's on the ground intelligence that often means the most and for the we, police can we ask the, the basic question we got so much funding now; it's completely ridiculous. Why did it and fail? What did all this funding give us when it came to stopping this? We're going to take it that there's not some sort of conspiracy at all. We're going to just assume that because that's what the public thinks that this actually happened. Well, I mean, it did happen. It happened. It happened yeah. Let's say for, by some. What good was what? Here's what I think the fly in the ointment is. What good is Homeland Security if they can't stop this? It wasn't supposed to go off. That's what I, it was me. Well, that's fine, but I'm this question. Yeah, I know, but again, the question has to be asked by the public because the public doesn't think in the in the terms that we an- analyze things. But why doesn't the public step up and say, "What good are you?" Well, this is uh, this is the central question. <laughs> this is the central question. <laughs> that's a great what question. Good are you? What good are you? That is that you're absolutely right. Well, of course, this is a soft target, John. You see, it's a soft target, and uh, and because they're no good, and because this was not thwarted, and because this was not stopped, and because somewhere something went wrong in the script, that's why all of a sudden, you know, we had to have oh, breaking news, breaking news. We've got uh, the ricin detector went off. Whoop whoop whoop. Does anyone realize how stupid it is to try and poison someone with a ricin letter? <laughs> are they are they using this only because it was on Breaking Bad and people thought it was like and that's where we were exposed to uh, to the whole concept of ricin? 
Because ricin really only works if you can get someone to ingest it, if you can inject it. But really, maybe they were hoping they'd have some ricin powder inside the envelope, and the guy would go, "Oh, it licks his finger, touches it, <laughs> twitches his mouth." Said, "What is this? I wonder." Maybe it's is dope sugar or salt. <laughs> that was the stupidest thing ever. I I I, I couldn't believe. Like at least. Make an well, effort. Since there was no 33 attached to it. I assume this was a rogue operation. Well, hold on. Here's here's the report that just cracked me up. Test at the actual lab. Uh, so that's why they feel uh, so confident at this point that it was positive. What we're also told is that the exterior markings on this envelope that were sent to Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi weren't really outwardly suspicious. It was postmarked from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, but it did not have a return address. Oh, it did not. Suspicious have. right there. <laughs> John, it did not have a return address. Oh, my goodness. And the crowd was shocked. <gasps> Seriously. Seriously. So play my San Francisco in fear. Now, the, the thing that bothers oh. me about this is that it cost, you know, this this whole fiasco, everybody thinks locally. They say, oh, it could happen here. Oh, everyone's freaked out. They're in, you know, in, in uh, Toledo, Ohio. They're uh -huh. freaked out. They're freaked out all over the place because everybody, this is a, this country has become so skittish. And and you know what the, and you know what the police say? Oh, man, this overtime is fantastic. Continued updates. Thank you for that. Uh, certainly keeping in mind, as she just mentioned, be vigilant. Police asking vigilant. everyone to be vigilant across the country. Security <laughs> certainly increased across the country following the Boston bombings. And KTVU Channel 2 reporter Brian Flores is now at the Embarcadero in San Francisco to talk about how the attacks are leading to an increased police presence here in the Bay Area. Brian? Hi, Pam. Good morning. Well, you know, it certainly is not an easy task uh, stepping up security, but in the wake of the Boston Marathon bombings, it certainly has to be done uh, to keep people safe. Certainly. We are live here at the Embarcadero, certainly. mainly because, you know, there's a lot of people that congregate here. It's a huge <laughs> tourist hub, but there are also a couple of major events planned on the calendar in which uh, security measures need to be scrutinized and reevaluated to make sure that people are safe. One of those popular events that we're talking about is the Beta Breakers uh, running event that's scheduled for May, where thousands of runners uh, from across Across the country come here. There's also the San Francisco Marathon. Yeah. Yeah, I Here's the local one from uh, Seattle, Washington. The Space Needle, a symbol of Seattle the world over and a potential target for terrorists. Woo! You can find references <laughs> to uh, our iconic structures, uh, the Space Needle, uh, uh, the Seattle Center, uh, that have been discovered in uh, uh, you know caves in Afghanistan. <gasps> <laughs> You're producing these kids. <laughs> I'm not I got in one more of these clips. I got everyone freaky. Hold on a second. <laughs> this is great. This is the best part of the show. The epicenter of the jitters, quite justifiably, Boston, where streets this morning are filled with armored vehicles, heavily armed cops, and the National Guard. At Logan Airport, officials removed all passengers from a U.S. air flight because of concerns over a strange noise. At New York's LaGuardia, <laughs> thousands of passengers were held outside after calls came in about exposed wires in a light fixture. Wow! And at landmarks in major cities all over America, law enforcement keeping anything but a low profile. I am not in the hope for the best business. I am in the plan for the worst business. <gasps> 
Yeah. Wait, wait. Breaking. CNN. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right. We want to take you right to Oklahoma City to report this bit of breaking news. Breaking see news. That U-Haul truck sitting there. It's sitting in downtown Oklahoma City. <laughs> A U-Haul City. truck? It is unattended. Police believe it was stolen. Unattended. They do not know what is inside. What's inside? I don't know. Breaking news. Um, of course, the bomb squad is on the scene because the entire country is on edge in light of what happened at the Boston. I'm on edge. People, do not do not be on edge. Do not be on edge. This is this is this is the strategy. This is the entire strategy is to get you on edge. Um, I do have just a bunch of clips. It was just fascinating to see how uh, the mainstream media, the code words they're using, um, the connections, uh, all to you know blame. Basically, white people in Texas. That's kind of, or, or you know, or anywhere in the South, I guess. If you question, always, the Southerners are are always yeah, targeted. It's always, of course. And now that but I live dumb, here, dummies down in the South. They always, somebody <laughs> always pointed out to me who lived in Texas said that, isn't it weird when the network TV guys show up anywhere in Texas, they find that just some the hick the biggest hick they can find in town with <laughs> yeah. missing teeth yeah and that's your representative that's, that's your man on the street that's right so I am now your man on the street and I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you a few example oops uh, I didn't mean to do that hold on a second Give you a few examples. Uh, first, uh, MSNBC. The interesting thing here is, this is, try- is this is someone on a stage trying to make a statement, and that statement's been lost. We don't know whether they're trying to complain about abortion, about taxes. This did happen on tax day in Boston, the place of the Tea Party. Uh, oh, let me see. <laughs> abortion, taxes, Tea Party. What are you trying to say? What, what do you mean? What, what are you trying to? What do you think is behind this? So they're clearly trying to politicize. What are you it. getting at? Well, I'll try, try this one then also from MSNBC. But it's also important to recognize that the recipe was shared and and lauded by Stormfront, Stormfront. which is a neo-Nazi website. Ah. And the whole idea of leaderless resistance, which comes out of mm. the far-right neo-Nazi patriot movement, oh, yeah. uh, okay. also spread... Patriot movement. This is crazy, people. Do you hear what is being said here? That they've changed this... This the, the meaning of the word. It's like you gay used to be happy, and now gay is homosexual. Fine, we've changed the word, but you know you are now changing the word patriot from someone who is a patriot to someone who is an anti-patriot. It is an upside-down world. Uh, Chris Oduschel. There are new developments tonight in the bombing investigation here in Boston, but that investigation could be moving faster were it not for the successful lobbying efforts of the National Rifle Association. Let me just let me just get this straight. The bomb he is going to successfully wow, tie the bomb. So hold on a second. <laughs> when this is done, this is the clip of the day. Wait until you hear all of it. The NRA's efforts to guarantee that American mass murderers are the best equipped mass murderers in the world is not limited to murder views 
assault weapons and high capacity magazines. The NRA is also in the business of helping bombers get away with their crimes. Gunpowder <laughs> could be traced by investigators to a buyer at the point of sale if gunpowder contained a tagant, an element that would enable tracing of the purchase of gunpowder. But thanks to the National Rifle Association, identification tagants are required by law only in plastic explosives. The NRA has successfully blocked any requirements for such tagants in gunpowder. <laughs> you, you still think I deserve it? Well, no. Nah. <laughs> I pulled it back because it, <laughs> no. it, 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 it just became lunacy. He's insane. I know, I know. He's totally insane. By the way, these bombs were made with a combination of ammonia, what was it, chemicals. They were essentially that stuff that you could make the explosive targeting with. I believe that's true because at first when they identified it, it was the same kind of it's the same kind of thing that goes into a firecracker. Yeah, it, it, they were firecrackers. Aluminum yes. powder. Yes, and and a, and a uh, Tan tanner, an tannerite. What is it called? Tanner? Yeah, tannerite or something. Tannerite. It's, it's a, essentially a right. Yeah, it's an oxidizer. Yes, and and you mix the two, and then uh, you know if you have enough uh, uh, enough of a an ignition, then it will it will go boom. Yeah, um, but it won't go boom like plastic explosives. No, 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 no. And it won't go boom like nitroglycerin, no. or it won't go boom like TNT or dynamite. Which leads you to believe that whoever put these together really did not mean to have massive damage. And by not, but by not massive damage means the timing and the uh, the force. Of course, we need damage. Of course, if you're going to make a point. Uh, you need damage, but uh, again, I think these things went off early. That's why there was confusion. Uh, it confused everybody. It confused just everything. Everything got completely confused. That's why there's no real answer. Of course, David Axelrod has an answer. And he didn't. They debated certain words, and yes. that does matter. And that because when the president says terrorist attack, that's a whole lot different yes, than when Dianne Feinstein, whole when Dianne Feinstein says it. Absolutely. No Dianne Feinstein. Ab ab absolutely. And the word has taken on a different meaning since 9-11. You use those words, and it means something very specific in people's minds. And I'm sure what was going through the president's mind is, we really don't know who did this. It was, it was tax day. Was it someone who was, pro you know, it, you just don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, he's grasping for straws, too. He's like, come on. On, move it towards the Patriots. Move it towards the Patriots. And then my final clip on this. The Southern Poverty Law Center. You know I've had a beef with these guys. I don't like these guys. I don't trust them. I think that they're out to, uh, you know, they're just out to. They're out to out to. They're out to out to. And it's annoying me. And these are the guys propagating the Patriot is bad thing. And so you've got this uh, this president Potok, I think his name is. He's an a hole first class, and he may, he really is pouring it on thick here. Well, there are some indicators that suggest it's conceivable uh, that it was uh, related to, uh, in particular, this thing Patriots Day. Uh, Patriots Day is actually on April nineteenth. It's this Friday, but in Massachusetts, it's celebrated on Monday. Uh, it celebrates, of course, the American Revolutionary War, the first shots fired at Concord and Lexington. But in the world I cover, it is really uh, known for being uh, the opening of the Revolutionary War, the beginning of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, 
uh, a big raid in 1985 of a white supremacist compound in Arkansas, and then probably most importantly, the end of the debacle in Waco, Waco where 80 people died in a fire, uh, and two years later, payback uh, for the events in Waco, the bombing of the Oklahoma City building. Uh, so, wow. Does he just wrap it up in a nice little bow there? I guess. Yeah, and, yeah, and he's pretty douchey. And the guy just drones on and on and on. So if I look at if I look at the events, I'm saying they were meant to go off. They were meant to go off at a different time. That's why there was a lot of confusion. We don't know who to blame it on because I think someone, whoever, maybe the, whoever they were setting up to do this, um, you know, recorded something, got them, got you know, has some blackmail, you know, to to push it back. I don't know. There's the reason why there's no blame being put there. Immediately, uh, what do we do? What do we do? Uh, we've 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 got to distract uh, anthrax. Well, no, we already got the anthrax. Do something. Uh, Breaking Bad. They are Rison. going to come up with their their meeting as we speak. Well, wait, wait before before we get to the meeting. I I I think the Waco thing could be significant. I'm, I, it's just, my God. It's, well, it it's definitely like, takes the attention away from one thing, but yeah. they're going to find some stooge yeah. to take the hit, With, to, to take yeah. the hit for this Boston thing. And it's probably not going to be the right guy. I do want to play. I got at least one more clip. I did have a Rachel Maddow was like the worst <sighs> person ever. She was like grim and she was almost in tears as she was giving a report. And I have a clip of her. Uh, I mean, she's very upset, and she just seemed weird. Uh, but the trouble is she's still kind of – her voice held it together. You had to watch her, so I'm not going to – this clip was skip. But I do have the Aaron in the Mailbox clip, which is uh, one of our uh, producers sent in, which I still think is one of the dumbest things. I mean, if this woman – I mean, just play this clip and then think about what she's saying. Okay. Focus our attention on that particular area near that mailbox – that's a critical area. Right. I mean, because, I, I mean, I'm just saying as a layperson, why is there a mailbox there? <laughs> I mean, right? That's fair question. The U.S. Postal Service probably put it there. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> How can this be? What an outrage. <laughs> this is, she says, as a layman. As a layperson. So, so to ask a question about where a mailbox has been placed by the post office, she says, as a layman, so some sort of so she she's actually aware of the fact that she's going to ask the stupidest question in the history of broadcasting. So she she couches it, which I thought was interesting because she was a little fearful. So she couched it in as a layman. And and am I out of line by asking this kind of question? But what? Why is there a post office box there? <laughs> Are they insane? What? You can't have that along a, a marathon route. The, a terrorist could put a bomb in there. But of course, you know it was a. Uh, did you see the pictures of the pressure cooker? By the way, I saw the lid. Yeah, it looks to me like the pressure valve is still intact. Which the pressure valve is the? It's a, there's the two. Valve there's two. Fly off. Hmm. That wouldn't. That doesn't surprise me. The rubber. The rubber valve doesn't open either. Uh, it, it doesn't fly off. It would open, but it wouldn't relief enough to. No, it wouldn't. No, of course not. But it, it would, seemed... would be still. Would still. I, I believe it would still be intact. Hmm. The interesting thing to me is that's a six liter, uh, according to the people who have looked at it, a six liter pressure cooker. <laughs> Wait, <it's> <laughs> we haven't had an analysis of the pressure cooker yet. I like this. This is good. Which are huge, and I don't think they would fit in a backpack. Hmm. It'd be very heavy if you had it filled with 
But uh, we use a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But but it's a big device. I mean, the big pressure cooker in a in a backpack doesn't really make a lot of sense to me unless you guys got a big backpack. Of course, and they had I think it was four chan or somebody had a bunch of photos. Oh of yeah, yeah, yeah. Walls with a backpack. You know, I mean, I, but Gene, let me think. We're dealing with Boston and people with backpacks. That's I'm surprised <laughs> there was only a few people with backpacks. Yeah. Boston is just yeah. everyone's got a backpack. You think they're all climbing into the mountains the next day? So uh, this. Okay, you know, so I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna go on, back. Onward to Texas. I do uh, have the first report uh, from Texas. If you want to start with the first report on explosion with Pierce? Yeah. Before before let me, let me just let me, let me just I just want to wrap it up because you haven't said it. You haven't you haven't come up with it. I mean, you, you're talking about the meeting, but I'm I'm really thinking this is a bungled operation. FBI might have been aware, but it's not their operation. And they're going to point the finger in the meetings. And 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 it seems like this is Brennan. Brennan is an idiot. Brennan is full of hubris. Brennan has all kinds of stuff to do and to prove, and he needs to you know be the boss. And it seems like something that his outfit would mess up. And I, I, I and they're secretive. And they're secretive. That's why no one knows what this is. Like Benghazi. I mean, it's it's literally a replay of of Benghazi in the. We don't know what to say. We don't know what happened. Where Benghazi, we had the drones flying around. We have video. We know. We have witnesses who have, have disappeared. Yeah, they've been sequestered. Yeah, the, the, the witness, thirty witnesses gone. Some who are still injured from this uh, this attack. Before you go on, I do. I do want to do a little aside right now, since I do have a Benghazi clip. That since you mentioned it, okay. is a segue. Okay, I'm looking. Uh, for Kerry it. was sitting in front of Congress. Yep being grilled by one of the Republican senators about Benghazi. And it's a long clip. It'll be a good segue, I believe, for the next segment. Where we're, we're actually, we can even do this after we thank some producers. Yeah. But I think we have to listen to this. And this will bring people up. What, they're still trying to get somebody to admit that Benghazi was some sort of a you know, foul-up uh, that was whatever. That, you know, everyone knows what happened, I suppose, in Congress, or at least a lot of them do. But they can't get anyone to say anything. And he... Here is the results of having Kerry sitting there. ...at the Benghazi consulate. Uh, you mentioned earlier in your testimony that the administration has testified eight times, given 20 briefings and provided 25,000 pages of documents about Benghazi. Yet the American people still do not know why Ambassador Susan Rice, during a heated presidential race, made so many false statements to the American people about what happened in Benghazi. More specifically, on September 16, 2012, on This Week with George Stephanopoulos, Ambassador Rice stated, and I quote, what this began as, it was a spontaneous, not a premeditated response to what transpired in Cairo, end quote. Yet, on the very same day, Libyan President Mohamed Mugarraf stated on NPR, quote, the idea that this criminal and cowardly act was a spontaneous protest that just spun out of control is completely unfounded and preposterous. We firmly believe that this was a pre-calculated, pre-planned attack that was carried out specifically to attack the U.S. consulate, end quote. Similarly, the State Department's own Accountability Review Board concluded that there were no protests prior to the attack on the U.S. consulate. 
again on September 16, 2012, on Meet the Press with David Gregory this time, Ambassador Rice stated, quote, What happened in Benghazi was in fact initially a spontaneous reaction to what had just transpired hours before in Cairo, almost a copycat of the demonstrations against our facility in Cairo, which were prompted, of course, by the video, end quote. Ambassador Rice made three false statements in one sentence. First, Ambassador Rice misrepresented that Benghazi was a spontaneous reaction to the Cairo protests. Second, Ambassador Rice misrepresented that Benghazi was a copycat of the, Bing, of the Cairo demonstrations. And third, Ambassador Rice said Benghazi was prompted, of course, by an anti-Muslim video when there was little, if any, credible evidence to support this claim. Uh, Secretary Kerry, um, as we now know, the Libyan president told the truth. The ambassador to the United Nations of the United States of America did not. Uh, my question to you is, can you give assurances to the American people that you will conduct an investigation that will find out why Ambassador Rice made so many false statements to America about what happened in Benghazi and that you will share your findings with the American people? No. <laughs> Did he really say no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that long-winded... <laughs> Shut up. Fantastic. Yeah, he says no. No, no, I don't think so. What's your problem? <laughs> hey, let's thank our uh, producers because uh, we're overdue with that. We've uh, yeah, we have about a few uh, executive producers and associate executive producers here for show five oh five, including as I predicted, one, one. member of the five oh five. We had this whole conversation. I said someone will come in with like fifty five or something. You know, like, yeah, no one. This no one will do that. No one cares. Yeah. 505. 505. Black Knight or Black Baron Foley of Hyperware Technologies in Los Gatos came in with 505. Uh, in the morning, John and Adam, please find 505 Gitcoins for the best <laughs> podcast in the universe from the Black Baron of Silicon Valley. Hey, by the way, when you go on Twit, would you stop doing no agenda material? Can you just say, hey, if you want to know my opinion about that, listen to the best podcast in the universe? I mean, it was, it was insane. Well, I don't know why. I, I, well, I don't know. But... but I don't remember doing any no agenda material. Oh, well, Bitcoin, Beanie Babies. Oh, Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, well that's, that's old material for no agenda. It's old. It's retreads. Come on. <laughs> you actually got that's Leo to use the N-word. That was pretty cool. Oh, uh, he did. Yeah, he, 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 but he, like, he said nigra. It was really weird. He well, said he was making. I know what he was doing. He was trying to be funny because that was a a, a yeah. word that I guess George Wallace used to use. He just pronounced it weird. Yeah, let's. And, uh, and, 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 yeah, exactly. And then it dawns on him that he's got a black guy sitting next to him who might find this offensive, and he spent the rest of the show apologizing. And, but the black guy was also douchey about it. Oh yeah. And why is he getting all offended all of a sudden? It's because Leo, he wasn't. I mean, the whole. I, it was. I, I don't want to talk about it. We, let's talk about our show. I'm sorry. That's right. And let's go. We, sorry, this, Leo's calling me. Hold on, he's calling me. That is our executive producer for show 505. From then, from hello, Leo. No, no, I won't come on your show. No. Anonymous in Brussels, two hundred fifty-two dollars. Anonymous donation, <laughs> please. Happy birthday, John. New Troika guidelines require all European congratulatory messages <laughs> to be delivered late. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> and he'll be an associate executive producer along with Richard Gardner in Sydney, New South Wales, 233-33. JCDAC drew upon the strength of no agenda to opt out without hesitation at SFO yesterday. It's not even an option in Oz. Then I spent the subsequent five-hour laughing all five, the way, five hour flight. Away, listening to 503. So here's my value for value in return. I plan to be to at least see out the knighthood this year. And you should also try our travel tip number two. Maybe you can try that in Oz since you can't opt out in Oz. Yeah, Trey, you can't lift your arm. Yeah. See what James happens. Murray in Houston, Texas, 21220. Uh, no comment, just a birthday call out for Cole Murray. Great entertainment and insight. Keep up the fantastic effort. <laughs> That's about all. What are we doing? It's an effort. <laughs> Put an effort in. It's just an effort. Uh, now, how, how how is this name pronounced? Ian? 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 <laughs> I think it's something. Ian Kilmurray. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I would say Ian Kilmurray. Ian Steph- Kilmurray. Stephanage, Hertzfordshire, $200.33. Uh, today at work, I waked a walk, the thing he meant, walked into a room while a debate was going on about fluoride. One of my colleagues was declaring another as a nut job because he was trying to educate them about the real reason fluoride is added to water. I was asked, and I got nothing else on this note. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, I don't have it either. I was asked, and... Hmm. Got, you got truncated, my friend. It's we'll the fluoride. <laughs> play the fluoride jingle. That's what he wants. Uh, oh, really? That's what he wants? Okay. I don't uh, know. Yeah, well, we'll play it for him. Hold on a second. Here we go. Best part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. Sir Kent O'Rourke in Frostburg, Maryland. $200 without a comment, I don't believe. I'll look for the segment coming up, and I'll read it if I have one. Uh, and finally, Ed Laboutier. From beautiful Hesperia Nuts, land of the dog-sized squirrel. Squirrel! Uh, $200, and that'll be our associate executive producers and our one executive producer for show 505. Also a member of the 505 Club, which I thought would be a bigger draw, you know, with 505. It's like, we do have a record uh, audience on the stream today. Thank you very much, uh, Sir 12-inch Rack. 19-inch Rack, I'm sorry, I undershot you there. For putting in a new server. Oh, so more people can come on board. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so your uh, producer credit or executive or associate executive producer credit was heard, uh, will be heard by many, as this is uh, one of those highly anticipated episodes where I think we're, we're, we're doing the best we can. It's an effort. We're doing what we can to, to bring you the deconstruction, the breakdown of everything. It is what we do, and we do it without commercials. Um, and the reason for that is uh well is very apparent in uh, I was looking at the TV ratings um because Miss Mickey's uh, Dallas episode aired on uh Oh, thanks for telling me. on Monday night. Well, I tweeted it. And uh, uh you know, 3 million, it's good. That's a- it's 3 3 million viewers. But this of course was the the night of the bombing. So, oh, you know, well, so she's that, like That's okay. They played over and over and over, don't they? Oh, yeah. But then yeah, I I'll so, catch him. so I looked at the ratings and what uh, was the show number that that was she was on? Uh, well, it's it was called Guilt by Association. It's uh, they, they they aired the last two episodes back to back. Okay. Um, but then I was reading the ratings and, and so here is let me just I'm going to read it to you verbatim. 
On NBC, The Voice earned a season-high 5.1 adults 18 to 49 rating, up 2% from last week's 5.0 adults 18 to 49 rating. It was the show's best 18 to 49 number since March 12, 2012. The new special, Terror in Boston, scored a 3.1 with adults 18 to 49 rating, up 41% from Revolution's 2.2 in the time period last week. A ratings bonanza, John. Those are terrible. <laughs> it's terrible, <laughs> terrible numbers. My, they are, <laughs> but it's better. But they, so no wonder NBC's number six or whatever they are. But they they did a three point one by preempting Revolution. Yeah, that's a point nine difference. That's a huge jump. Yeah, that's big. That's really and 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 terror. Stinks, by the way, terror scores very well in eighteen to forty nine demos. Sure, it does. Not so good with the kids. The terror stuff. That's not. Uh, it's just not working with the kids. So we uh, we need to work on some more. Terror is scoring well. Well, it usually does. And I was looking because I was looking at all the. I never look at ratings really unless there's a reason for it. So Anthony Bourdain, the is that his name? Anthony Bourdain, the the chef. Not a uh, Bourdain. Bourdain. So he has yeah, like boring. So yeah. uh, Jeff Zucker at, over at the CNNs brought him in to crank up the ratings, and <laughs> you know Pierce Moron gets like three hundred thousand people watching nightly. Normally, yeah. <laughs> Bourdain immediately eight hundred thousand people. They love the chef on the news channel. They don't. Want, they don't care about the the pompous English prick. No, that guy stinks. Now, of course, and he looks. He just looks like he he has a mean spirited look. He doesn't look like a nice guy. No, no, no. The, the, we're talking about Morgan. Yeah, Bourdain oh, no, no, looks no. like a pleasant fellow. So anyway, so now now they're all doing like seven hundreds with the terror, but that'll be gone by tonight. It's like oh, they're trying to, you know. I can't I can't look right now. You know, they're learning a lot though. A lot of the brolf going. What are we learning? Well, CNN is learning. What are we learning? What have you learned, John? I don't know, brolf. I'm learning. I haven't learned anything. <laughs> Not on CNN. I haven't. I'm learning. Uh, oh, here we go. It's. And well, I, I have learned one thing. If people uh, want to help us here on the next show, which is show 506, go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channel Dvorak.com slash NA. Also, the No Agenda Show, which has a donate button, and No Agenda Nation has a donate button. You can pick up some stuff there, too, while you're at it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, help us out. We do uh, need uh, support for each and every show, and we have to encourage people to uh, be thinking about us. I mean, we put in a lot of effort. You know, we had a lot of a lot of clips just on the Boston thing. Oh, now we're going to crank up the Texas thing. That's just getting started. Dvorak.org slash NNA. Special shout out to uh, Zydeco there in uh, Indiana. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Love your menu, my friends. Have you seen that? Have you seen the? You know Zydeco, right? They, uh, it's the Cajun restaurant in Mooresville, Indiana, and they had uh, like I think they always have a special. If you if you say in the morning, you get a like a discount. Yeah. So they have their menu. If you go to zydeco's.net slash z menu, actually, you should do. I I should have set up a one of those redirects to make it easy for you. But uh, so zydeco's z y d e c o s dot net slash z menu spelled as z menu uh sorry z y d e c o s dot net mm -hmm. slash 
Zulu Mike Echo November uniform. You could have got to go to Zydeco's now. Okay, so you see the menu? Uh, yeah. Okay. okay, scroll down. But okay. what about the children? Who's looking out for the children? Will someone please think of the children? Do you serve the children? Yes, we do. Our chef will prepare them a choice of deep fried or baked. And if you go down, each kid each kid comes with a side of our world famous mac and cheese. We charge extra for twins or those kids that won't get into the pot. <laughs> and if you look down, super fun kids menu. They got like fold your own drone. Here, kids, like they have little little <laughs> little stuff for kids to do on the menu. So it's like uh, count the chemtrails. <laughs> How many chemtrails can you count? <laughs> it's right on their menu. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> count the chemtrails. <laughs> Mac and cheese. <laughs> I love that. Everyone should be doing that. We have to go to this place. Yeah, I'd love to. We've to, we've threatened that before, but we didn't get it. Yeah, together. talk's cheap when it comes to going anywhere. And, uh, Mooresville, Indiana, yes. Levin Rumaine. And uh, happy Dwarfism Awareness Month, John. Oh, no, really? Yes. Uh, the, unfortunately, our president hasn't gotten on board with this yet. It's the Tennessee General Assembly. Oh. And they, uh, <laughs> they have declared this Dwarfism Awareness Month. In the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, and in the morning to you, in the morning, all ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the water, and subs in the air, and all the knights and dames out there. And uh, in the morning to our chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, uh, with lots of bandwidth today, apparently, which is good. Very, very good. Uh, so let's not go to the guns. Or, do you want to go to Texas next? I mean, since I'm here, since we're on it, and then we can do oh, something yeah. else. I got other stuff, too. I mean, I, Texas, you know, is like maybe we can put it off. I mean, I do have the, the report. And I don't have much much else. Mm-hmm. I do have a, a – if we want to do something a little different. Oh, play this weird got sick. I found this clip on my list of uh, on my rundowns, and I, I don't know where it came from. Mm, oh, I see. Here it is. Okay. I got sick, and then I got better. <laughs> okay, great. You're welcome. Excellent. Let, let me <laughs> so try. I don't know what that's all about. Let me try one. Amidst all of uh, this uh, things that go boom, uh, something very interesting happened. A major earthquake has struck a region near the Iran-Pakistan border. The U.S. Geological Survey says the quake measured 7.8. <laughs> Iranian state television is reporting that at least 40 people have been killed. But there have been warnings from Iranian officials that the death toll could go much higher. The epicenter was in southeast Iran in an area of mountains and desert. The quake was felt as far away as New Delhi and Gulf cities of Dubai and Bahrain. Across the Right. So, uh, of course, uh, you just kind of ignore that report. Oh, it's just sand and mountains and who gives a crap. And, of course, <clears throat> I've been following the region. Um, this is the uh, region known as Kash, sometimes also uh, known as Kashi, K-H-A-S-H or K-A-A-S-H-I, um, which is um, right near... In fact, if you uh, if you go to the Google Maps and you fill in Kash or Kashi, uh, it will actually uh, give you the result of Kashi near Baluchistan. <laughs> Gee, where have we heard that before? Yeah. And uh, if you see, it is, oh, about 80 kilometers to the north of uh, Insanshar, Insanshar is pretty much right there on the pipeline 
of the IP pipeline, the Iranian-Pakistani pipeline, which also known as the peace pipeline. And I'll just read uh, from... Zoom in on this. Yes. I'll read from the headlines. Pressing ahead with Iran pipeline, Pakistan calls Washington's bluff. This is uh, March 11, 2013. Um, you see, uh, we have our own pipeline coming in. It's called the TAPI, the Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India pipeline. That's the one that's approved. And this IP pipeline is not approved. So um, if you continue to lay that pipeline down, we're going to drone everybody in Waziristan. Oh, I'm sorry. That's exactly where we just droned five more people. And if you continue with this frickin' pipeline, we're going to set off an earthquake right there on the pipeline. There's never been an earthquake here that I could find quickly in the records of the, uh, of the, uh, what's the, what do you call it? The uh, NOAA? NOOA? NOAA? The AA? So, yeah, well, there you have it. So, so because you've been predicting these earthquakes uh, with some pretty good accuracy. So, yeah, well, so, I'm sure there's something going on. So the pipeline goes from Asulie to Bandar e Abbas to Iran Shar, and then it goes through Baluchistan uh, all the way. It's intended to go to New Delhi in uh, uh, in India, but this is not the deal. So Pakistan is, you know, we're, we're going to see some bad stuff happen here with, with Pakistan. You watch a lot of Pakistan in the news, a lot of discrediting. Didn't they just say they were arresting Musharraf for some reason? That was pretty funny. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Exa- I didn't follow oh, that up on goes that. on all the time. Yeah. Um, but but keep watching for Baluchistan, which you heard that you never had never heard the word Baluchistan or Waziristan until you listened to those words on this podcast. And here this, it is. This is correct in the news once again. So, um, you know, with all the satellites and everything we've got flying overhead, I'm sure it's not that hard to set off a little earthquake. So I'm watching hearings. And uh, Levin, uh, there's some commentary about uh, Oh, they had the they have. The Joint Chief, what's his name? That uh, Mullen? No. Um, no, no, he's gone. The, no. the new guy, Donegan, Donahue, whatever his name is. Donahue? The little guy. <laughs> the, he's the, the little general <laughs> that has he has a big name. He has his name tag. He's the head of the Joint Chiefs. He's the m- top dog in the military, and he's wearing his name tag. Yeah, just in case yeah, you don't I, know his see, name. Everyone knows this is a peeve of mine because it's yes. like, give me a break. Yeah. What is his name? I don't remember. D- Denny, Donahue, Donahue. Uh, Let me find his name for you. Yes, uh, the the chairman, the chairman. The joint, yeah, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, Dempsey. Dempsey. Yeah, Dempsey. He is. You know what? Do how how he looks like he's four foot two. He looks very small. He looks like a little leprechaun. Looks like a tough cookie, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tough leprechaun. Looks like a tough cookie, buddy. But what's the point of this wimpy name tag? Well. Case in point, we couldn't remember his name. Well, <laughs> and there it is. Well, yeah, the name tag didn't help, did it? <laughs> well, now that I'm looking at the picture, and it's a big name tag too. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's like it's, I think he can actually take that off and slide it into his door. And it's like it's like one of those. It's a bacon. No, it's a bakelite. You know, it's yeah. a bakelite. Somebody's in the bakelite name tag business. Is getting supported by our U.S. government. Who makes a bakelite name? Hey, tag? and when did we decide that it was okay for the for the generals to have their epaulets on 
like rounded over their shoulders instead of uh, going up towards the neckline. Well, the general, of course. As yeah, we yeah, yeah, no, they can make it up. They can, he can make up any way. He can put stars on his forehead if he wants to. But they've they've gotten into this little thing, this old fashioned epaulette kind of thing, where it's kind of funky uh, on the shoulder. Yeah, when I think it, it looks good to be honest about. But that's it. a recent change, isn't it? Well, it's a recent invention, but I think the Navy did it first. It's kind of it's kind of Star Warsy. I like it. Yeah, it is kind of like like Starfleet Commandy. Yeah. So uh, they're talking about shutting down. There's a bunch of stuff they're talking about during this hearing, but one of the things is shutting down bases here and there. Mm. And then they're, they're, as they get into it, Levin brings something up, and I had to. I'm gonna. You have to listen to this, and then I'm gonna explain something that I didn't know, and you didn't know, and. You're gonna, but so listen carefully to what Levin says uh, about U.S. overseas facilities, and and then somebody makes a comment about how you know the the Germans are trying to screw with us, and so we threaten to leave Germany and all the rest. But to see if you can f- hear what the subtext of all this is. I think it's hilarious. Thank you, Senator Cruz. Just relative to the uh, facilities overseas that are being closed, we do have rules. Uh, as to the reimbursement to us uh, for the improvements which we've made in overseas facilities. We just issued a report yesterday, a committee report, which we hope you will take up, is showing the failure of the department to achieve that reimbursement uh, in the way in which it's supposed to be made. Uh, And it's been going on too long. Part of it's a failure of oversight, but mainly it's a failure of the department to enforce our rules uh, relative to reimbursement by our allies uh, for the improvements which we've made in those facilities which we're turning back to them. So that was a report which was released yesterday. It's, I know, on your desks, and we would look forward to your response. Senator, can I sure. speak? Just one comment about uh, the, the overseas facilities. As you know, uh, all of us know, in uh, Western Europe, we had quite a few of them there, and one of the problems that came up is because of some of their environmental controls over there, they're restricting, in Germany, for example, our ability to use a live range to so many hours a day and so many days a week. And finally, we had to go in and say, you know, if, if, you, if we can't train, we're going to leave, and that got their attention. And so I think that we need to use the tools that we have to most efficiently uh, train our, our people uh, as we're supposed to be doing over there. <clears throat> Thank you, Senator Inhofe. Senator Kane. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Explain this to me. All right. So I, I just thought this was so funny. So we put a bait. We we, for, we confiscate some land, build a base. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then we say, and then we say, well, if we're going to close the base, you're going to have to pay us to for cl- us to leave. Yeah. Sure. It's co- we it's made costly. improvements. Yeah, it's costly. We've improved this piece of property, <laughs> but, and we put yeah. some buildings on it. Now you have to give us money. When we leave, that's part of the deal, or you know, it's not what deal they made. I don't know. And th- now we actually are using it. I think if you listen to the whole thing, including the little the senator at the end, we use it as blackmail. <laughs> it's like we told the Germans because they wouldn't let us shoot our guns in in their non polluted area. <laughs> yeah, we told them, okay, you don't let us do our training. We're going to leave. And you know what that means? That means you're going to have to pay us a crap load of money because we have a big facility here. And these are all improvements as part of the deal. And the Germans freak out. They go, no, 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 no. Stay, stay. Because it's because they have the Americans there spending money freely, knowing that once they leave, 
50 percent, all that all those profits that were made from everybody are going to disappear one and two you have to actually pay us to leave we love the, this was genius we love the px don't take it away so in other words, so to to get us out of your country, you have to essentially it's Pay like extortion. Up. Well, well, that's the American way, my friend. I just thought, <laughs> I never knew any of this was. I always thought that we had a base, we closed it, and then here it's yours. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Pay us no, to go. It doesn't work that way. So they have contracts. You think that's all set up ahead of time? I think it's done through through uh, uh, diplomatic channels. Hmm. You know, we're here. <laughs> you know, I think they made these deals early on. Right. And it's a good said, deal. You know, we're going to fix the place. That's a good we're, deal. That's going to fix the place. And when we leave, you're going to pay us. <laughs> it's a good deal. I, I like that. And apparently, they haven't been paying us. So the Levin's irked. So we're going to start collecting. From uh, from over there, uh, Deutschland and uh, Austria news. <clears throat> As Austria prepares to mark the anniversary of its annexation by Nazi Germany, an opinion poll has shown that more than half of the population think it highly likely the Nazis would be elected if they were readmitted as a party. A further 42% agreed that the view that life wasn't all that bad under the Nazis, unquote, <laughs> and 39% said they thought a recurrence of an anti-Semitic persecution was likely in Austria. Was likely? Likely. Neighboring Germany's popular Stern magazine described the poll's findings as shocking. The poll also showed that 61% of Austrian adults wanted to see, quote, a strong man in charge of the government, and 54% said that they thought it would be, quote, highly likely the Nazis would win seats if they were allowed to take part in an election. Some 46% of those polled said they believed Austria was a victim of Nazi oppression in 1938, while 61% said they believed that enough had been done to re reappraise Austria's Nazi past. That's pretty crazy. It doesn't surprise me for some reason. It doesn't surprise me either. I mean, of course, you know, people loved Hitler. And you know, this is the, there's a lot missing from the history books. But he came at a time where I was like, yeah, strong man, you know, big anger, shaking his fist at the other politicians. Remind you of anybody? <laughs> Hi, everybody. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, um, never let a good crisis go to waste. That is uh, the words of Rahm Emanuel, uh, current uh, mayor of Chicago. And uh, our president sure didn't let this one go to waste. I'm talking about the Boston bombing. As the president quickly signed legislation Monday that rolled back a provision of the Stock Act. Did you follow this, John? No, I didn't follow this at all. Okay, so the Stock Act... Uh, was, uh, okay, so we had a whole bunch of discussion probably about a year ago, maybe a little bit more. It's been, we, we've talked about it many, many times that it is not illegal for anyone in Congress, anyone, anyone, assistants, whatever, it doesn't matter who you're working for, where you're working. If you're working on legislation, let's say you're working on legislation that could affect the oil business. And uh, you know that a pipeline is going to be approved or there's some law that's going to make a change. And, of course, you know this because of lobbyists and it's a, it's a very vicious circle. But you are allowed to go out and buy some stock in whatever you think is going to go up. Or you could short some and sell it if you want to, if you think it's not going to go so well, this legislation that you are working on. And that's totally legal. So the president made this big, remember, we have statements of him, oh, oh, we're going to stop this, we can't have this happening, no, and they created the Stock Act. 
And the Stock Act, it was kind of hard getting this passed. I, I can't understand why. You know, it's like everyone's riding the gravy train. They can trade whatever they want. There's no, there's no, it, it's no insider trading. It's completely legal. Uh, by the way, most people in Congress are rich. They're rich. They're completely millionaires. They're rich. I'm. I think by saying most, I'm probably pretty accurate. I, I would you say? I Joe? think you. No, I think, I think most you, are. They're loaded. So they. Uh, so the Stock Act was uh, supposed to not make it. I uh, not outlaw this practice because you know. Well, we can't have that. That would suck. No, the, the whole system of lobbyists who give you the tips, who pay you to change legislation. So you, you, know, you, you get the money coming in from the lobby for your campaigning, and then you can make the money in the stock market or an equities market or whatever you, you know, wherever appropriate based upon the legislation that you're working on. So the system works. It's the American system. It works fine. So we're not going to ruin that. But the idea was um, the Stock Act would require 28,000 senior government officials to post their financial information online. And the president is good at promising this. You know, any bill will get three days to read it on the Internet. Any debate will watch on CNN. All, of course, completely true. It's all happened. Every single piece of legislation. Then again, I could be wrong about that. So the Stock Act was changed. And the provision that was taking out was the posting it online part. <laughs> So while they still have to disclose their transactions within 45 days of the transaction, it is kept in the uh, OMB uh, office, which is in the basement of the Capitol. And and if you want to uh, retrieve the records, you can as a database, you can only search by name, and you cannot take the records out. You have to have them printed out, ten cents per page. <laughs> Um, and the president just kind of, kind of like signed this into law on Monday uh, while the smoke was still clearing over there in Boston. So basically nothing's changed. No, except well, there's a list of some of the transactions in the basement. Within 45 days, literally in the basement. Uh, I think it was, uh, I think NPR. And actually. what penalty is there if they if you don't file anything? Good Is there question. A penalty provision? Uh, I doubt it. Good question. I feel bad that I didn't check that. Uh, I didn't see anything offhand, but I also didn't go through it with a fine tooth comb. Uh, so here it is. Uh, the Cannon House office building is where the records are kept. Uh, if you want to look up the financial disclosure forms filed by high level congressional staffers to find out whether they've been using the privileges of their positions to make well-timed stock trades, you have to go to the basement of the Cannon House office building. You enter your name and address in the computer, then you can search, but only if you know the name of the person you're searching for, because that's all. You, that's the only search field. You can't search uh, by, uh, you know, by stocks bought or anything. It's, it, you know, it's not like they would use something like, uh, I don't know, FileMaker Pro. Um, if that person has filed a financial disclosure form, it will come up as a PDF, which you can then print at a cost of ten cents per page there in the office. Huh. And uh, I think the president uh, is still. I think the administration, the White House itself, is still. Um, uh, they don't even have to file anything still at this moment. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It, you can't make this up. And he's he's signing this legislation. You should see the picture. Everyone's standing there smiling, looking at him. <laughs> Good work, Barry! 
Disgusting. That's disgusting. You just you're just a piece of shit, you slave. So uh, I do have one clip that's kind of lengthy that it, I think needs to be played because I think we we made a mistake. It happens, or I did. I had this clip of a guy describing this new gun legislation. This gun legislation thing, which failed is actually kind of amusing in a number of ways. It was designed, obviously, we, we worked this out. We deconstructed it. It was designed just to get uh, suburban housewives away from the Republican Party. and that So it did its job. And, and, and even by failing, it did its job. Yeah, so it did its job under any circumstances. But the, the, the legislation itself, and I would like you to read it at some point, because apparently we've been totally... And you said this before. You think the NRA is just some has turned into some sort of a weird corrupt operation? Yeah, I said they're not your friend. They're they're on they're on the side of taking guns away. So yes. Mansion, who is the co-sponsor of the Mansion or Toomey Mansion, whatever the gun legislation went, which was just a, it was about background checks, mm-hmm. and there apparently was a lot of misinformation. And Mansion comes before Congress, and he please he says he's a he's from West Virginia. You're stomping around. Mm-hmm. And he pleads with everybody that this is bogus. He says what they've actually done, this legislation is positive. It's a good legislation. It actually criminalizes uh, using uh, background checks as registration in any sort of scheme. You would be punished as a felon and, and thrown in jail if you used this information in any way other than just the background check, period. And, and so he... This clip, because we played a clip that said the opposite last show or the show before. Well, the, the, this, before we played the clip, the way I, because I read the legislation, the way I saw it is it's uh, already we have many, many laws on the books in individual states. Uh, that already do this. That already do this, but that this is to federalize it. And the entire bill, the way I could read it, because I'm not a lawyer, uh, but I'm pretty pretty good at doing this, was all about hundreds of millions of dollars in grants to the individual states to implement basically what they were doing already, but just to call it a federal law and uh, show that we've done something. But it was all about I, I money. I believe that the thing was a smokescreen for doing nothing. But, but, but get women voters. The women voter thing was the key to the whole argument but but what's interesting to me is that the misinformation that went out there uh according to mansion now you can tell me if when he's what he says is full of crap but he seems awfully sincere and i just thought that this is something that we should at least have known about in some way other than being fed all the, the bull crap one way or the other and and let's just see what he has to say uh, i'm an a-rated lifetime card carrying uh, member of the National Rifle Association. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with the mission of the NRA, which is to defend the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding, law-abiding gun-owning American citizens like you and I. To promote firearms and hunting safety. As a matter of fact, as a governor, I promoted the Eddie Eagle program in West Virginia along with our friends. And markmanship and to educate the general public about firearms. Um, I carry my card with me and I've had this for quite some time it's a life membership and uh, ever since I became a member I've read all the magazines 
like most of us when they get them and read the magazines. And I've gotten all the special uh, notices about when there was something that they had of concern. And, and I had always read it, and I'd think, oh, that's great. I'm glad that someone's saying this or speaking out. Uh, so I was surprised. I was surprised uh, with when the latest alerts from the NRA was filled with so much misinformation about the firearms background check legislation that Senator Toomey and I are trying to get to the, uh, in front of the Senate to be passed. Uh, they're telling their members that our legislation would, and I quote, I want to quote this, criminalize the private transfer of firearms by honest citizens, requiring lifelong friends and neighbors and some family members to get federal government permission to exercise a fundamental right or face prosecution. Where I come from in West Virginia, I don't know how to put the words any plainer than this. That is a lie. That is simply a lie, and anybody that can read knows that's not factual. There's nothing in this bill, it's not a universal background check, there's nothing in this bill that basically says that you're living in a neighborhood and you want to sell your neighbor your gun, you can do it. No background checks are required. If you come from the traditional gun background states or back gun states with the tradition I have, gun culture, you can give it to your son, your grandson, any of your family members, and no background check is needed. Why they would say that the private transfer of firearms by honest citizens this bill protects honest, gun-loving, law-abiding citizens more than any piece of legislation we've had in the last two to three decades. And I think people that have read the bill know that. I remember when the NRA used to feel a lot different about background checks, and it wasn't all that long ago. Back in 1999, their executive vice president, Wayne LaPierre, testified before Congress that background checks were reasonable. In fact, he said it over and over and over again, and I quote from Mr. LaPierre, we think it's reasonable to provide for instant checks at gun shows, just like at gun stores and pawn shops. Because the law is, if you go to a gun store now, that's a licensed dealer, you have to do the background check. And by law, they have to keep the record. And by law, they cannot use that as a registration. Cannot by law. Even in our bill, we even make sure that you cannot use any type of information for registration. And we said if you try to do it, if you're a government agency or a person that works for government and you use any of these records, it's a felony with 15 years of imprisonment. That's how much they're protecting. This bill protects my rights as a law-abiding gun owner. Yeah, but I, I don't really see what's so shocking about, about what he's saying. He's just saying the NRA are a-holes. <laughs> Whatever. I, I don't understand. There's, there's nothing shocking in here. We read the bill. Well, I mean, it, but that that the NRA pitch permeated everything, including that clip we had a couple well, of days. Well, hold on a second. Did the NRA permeate it or did the media permeate it? Well, I'm not sure who perme or permeated. It's not the right word, by the way. Propagated. Bah. Prostilated. They propagated it. <laughs> I don't know who did, but it's just like Pomulated. I'm to this because I'm going, wait a minute. This is this isn't right, and so I was. I felt kind of like I had to do a make good or a mea culpa because I played the wrong clip with that other guy. No, who was going no. on about if you give it to your kid, you got to register it. 
Yeah, but who was that who said that on the last show? It was a, actually a prosecutor. So, um, oh, what? Someone someone in, in government lied. Oh, oh surprise. Yeah, well, that's not yeah. beside the point, but I, I, I don't yeah. like leaving, leaving no, a good point. No, I, long-headed I, clip I appreciate on, that. The, on the stream of all these shows without making the correction necessary. And I think this guy, you know, pretty much corrected the record from on my behalf. So that's why I played the clip. So that, that's no, the, I'm, not done. Uh, good. Okay. Uh, but I do have some things to say about this. Uh, having read the legislation, all I saw was just a bunch of money going everywhere, and uh, the states would be crazy not to take that. So, uh, but of course, this is this was really not about uh, the money. It is more about and and I'm 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 using this at my next party, which is coming up here in Austin. Scared, <laughs> scaring the women folk, uh, right? About scaring the women folk, and it worked very well. And in fact, probably having it fail worked even better. Because then we have another another go around, and oh, we it had to fail, and we have another go right, around. Because it failed because it needs to stay in the public eye to scare more women. Now the well, counter. Uh, can I? Can I? Do you mind? Well, do you mind? No, I don't mind. But what is it you're going to say? I got some clips I want to play. Oh, before you play the clip, let me just say I I do need to interrupt. There is a counter argument to this that the Republicans can use, and they won't pull it out. Will you hold on to that for a moment? Yes, go. Because I'm I'm sticking for a second with our theory, which I like very much. No, I think the theory is valid. So first, Obama lies about the numbers of the vote in the House. This is what I went and did. Of 20 innocent school children and their teachers. This country took up the cause of protecting more of our people from gun violence. Families that know unspeakable grief summon the courage to petition their elected leaders. Not just to honor the memory of their children, but to protect the lives of all of our children. A few minutes ago, a minority in the United States Senate... Now listen to the numbers. ...decided it wasn't worth it. This makes Democrats crazy, by the way, when, when, when they hear this. A minority in the Senate decided it wasn't worth it. They blocked common sense gun reforms, even while these families... Looked on from the Senate gallery. The heartless a-holes. By now, it's well known that 90% of the American people support universal background checks that make it harder for a dangerous person to buy a gun. We're talking about convicted felons, people convicted of domestic violence, people with a severe mental illness. 90% of Americans support that idea. Most Americans think that's already the law. It is. It is in most places. It's true. And a few minutes ago, 90% of Democrats in the Senate voted for that idea. Sorry, that's not true. But it's not going to happen. Because 90% of Republicans in the Senate just voted against that idea. I'm sorry, that's not true. So I I, I go to the the C-SPANs to go check on the vote. And uh, so, first of all, Joe Biden is there, who, and, and they keep Joe out of everything. Because <laughs> if they know it's going to fail, and, and they know what the votes are, because this thing literally failed by one vote, not the 54, because they needed a supermajority, the, the 60, 60 votes. And I looked this up, and uh, so actually the president says something about this, which is a little annoying. A majority of senators voted yes to protecting more of our citizens with smarter background checks. 
But by this continuing distortion of Senate rules, a minority was able to block it from moving forward. Okay. So what do you think he means by the continuing distortion of Senate rules? Because this is the way this was brought to the floor was cloture. And when you do cloture, which has been going on since 1919, invented by the Democrats, I will point out, you do that to get something to the floor quickly to be able to vote on it, and uh, and that's why, but the, the agreement is 60 votes. It used to be more, but they brought it back to 60. So it's an agreement that's been around for a hundred years. So what is the distortion that he's talking about? That it's not have, that it's not no fair. Distortion. He's full of crap. This guy. Well, so then I, I listen in. They've got Joe O'Biden sitting there, and he because he's thinking, "Hey, it's great. I've been out there shilling for everybody." In fact, he did a Google Hangout, a Google Hangout, and his math was even better. Last point: eighty thousand plus people a year who go through the background check system are convicted felons. Or adjudicated incompetent to be able to own a weapon. That is, of course, our key here. The adjudicated incompetent or mentally, uh, what is it, what's the word again? Unfit. Yeah. That 40% means there's got to be statistically somewhere between 30 and 50,000 who get a gun who are not qualified. Okay, let me see. If we have 80,000 and we take 40%, that's 50,000, right? <laughs> Thanks, Joe. So they put Joe uh, in, the, in the Google Hangout, and then they throw him up there in the president's chair in the Senate so he can read off that this thing fails. But then I hear this. Mr. Reed of Nevada. Mr. Reed of Nevada. No. No? No? Wait a minute. Harry Reid? the head of the Democrat Senate? Harry Reid says no? So I'm like, okay, what is going on? Why did he say no? So... Um, looking at the votes, uh, a lot of uh, Republicans voted for the bill, uh, specifically McCain and Toomey, of course. Um, but you know, if you needed 60 votes, they already have 57 uh, uh, Democrats in the Senate. So they really only needed three votes to have 60. That means the two independents, which were Saunders and Angus, Saunders is Vermont, Angus is Maine, and they both voted for, they needed one Republican, which they had in the pocket, McCain. We knew McCain was on board for months. Well, We've known. Toomey wrote the bill. Toomey wrote it. So we have a two. We got a backup. We got sixty-one votes. However, three Democrats: Baucus, Bejic of Alaska, and Heitkamp of North Dakota voted no. And then, so the procedure the, pre the president, I think, is referring to is in order for Harry Reid to bring this back to the floor, for some reason, I don't understand that procedure, I don't know what, which one it is, he has to change his vote to no. Which, of course, you know, when you look at it, it's because three of your a-hole Democrat Party members voted no that you lost this vote. It's not because the Republicans, a minority of the Republicans, screwed you. That's a lie. You couldn't get your party together. Sad. Sad, I tell you. And Dianne Feinstein, DiFi, really laid it out. So while Toomey was doing his thing, 
She just, I mean, it's like, you know, you might as well just nuts about this. You just might as well pack it in when she started doing this to have a chance at understanding. By the way, this is why I watch C-SPAN. It's not to share it with you. It's because I actually find this more entertaining than anything that's on television. To have a chance at understanding these mass shootings, I think we have to understand how they're perpetrated. Okay, are you ready, John? You might want to get a pen and a piece of paper. Got the pen out. All right. And by whom? And, uh, and by, you might want a spreadsheet, actually. <laughs> it's really impossible to know with any certainty what motivated Adam Lanza, the Newtown shooter. Oh. But we know that he exhibited clear signs of mental disturbance. Okay, mental disturbance. So I'm going to write this down, too. Mental disturbance. Okay. Mental disturbance. We know he had an extreme aversion to normal social life. Mm, uh, aversion to normal social life. That he didn't like physical contact. Not liking physical contact. He was in and out of school. In and out of school. Bad boy. He spent time in special education classrooms. And he was homeschooled. Ah, right. Homeschooled. By his mother. My mom. He lived in a room with blacked-out curtains <laughs> and played violent video games. Oh, you, can you keep up? You got it? For hours on end. Hours. We know his mother bought him assault weapons and kept an arsenal at home. We know they went target shooting together at ranges and that both were certified in gun safety. This sounds horrible. Their home was a veritable weapons depot. Veritable weapons depot. With many firearms, more than 1,600 rounds of ammunition. Is she a novelist? <laughs> samurai swords. Samurai swords! Even a gun safe. They had a gun safe! Why, that's an outrage! In this young man's room. It has been reported that Adam compiled a spreadsheet documenting hundreds of victims of mass murders. It's been reported. Not that it's true. Something he may have used. May have used. As a measuring stick for his own sadistic plot. <laughs> she, you know, sign this woman to a book deal. She's good. And we know one more, one thing. None of this information would have been caught on a background check. And I say that although I support backgrounds check. But this just shows what is out there that needs to be stopped. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's out there, and we need to have your uh, mental health professional uh, tell us about you crazy people. It's <sighs> like that story is out of Texas of the guy that was... You read this thing about the Texan, the guy's walking with his kid down the road, uh, you know, carrying a gun in Texas, and the and they get shaken down by the local sheriffs? No, no. No, no. that's okay. not no, big here. It, now, now I got to dig it up. That's not big here. That's not big here. No. We do have a script, though. <clears throat> it's disgusting. Cardi, thank you for joining me again. You were there today uh, at the Senate to witness what happened. What is your reaction? I'm disgusted and so disappointed. So disappointed in uh, our Senate. Okay, disgusted, disappointed. Uh, what's that script again, Roxana? Victim of the Tucson shooting. Thank you very much for joining us tonight, Roxana. Thanks for having me. What was it like to be in the gallery today when you saw those votes go down? It was very, very uh, disappointing. 
Um, I was very disgusted by the outcome. Oh, good. A nice save. I like the ad lib of switching them around. Good. Good work. People, you're watching a television show. <laughs> Do not be alarmed. It is just a show. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. Over there in uh, Euroland, some fun stuff happening. Our friend spoke. And our friend is? Well, I'm not allowed to ask you anymore if you want to hear from him because you always say yes. Yes. Nigel Farage. Here's the game. Oh. Uh, Mrs. Thatcher recognized the truth behind the European project. She saw that it was about taking away democracy from nation states and handing that power to largely unaccountable people. Knowing as she did that the euro would not work, she saw that this was a very dangerous design. She's t he's talking about uh, Thatcher. Yeah, uh, this now, is the Thatcher thing. <clears throat> yeah. We in UKIP take that same view. Uh, and I've tried over the years in this parliament to predict what the next moves would be as the Euro disaster unfolded. Uh, but not even me in my most uh, pessimistic of speeches would have imagined, Mr. Wren, uh, that you and the others in Matroika would resort to the level of common criminals <laughs> and steal money yeah. from people's bank accounts <laughs> in order to keep propped up this total failure that is the, the Euro. You even tried to take money away from the small investors in direct breach of the promise you made back in 2008. Well, the precedent has been set. And if we look at countries like Spain, where business bankruptcies are up 45% year on year, we can see what your plan is to deal with the other bailouts as they come. Uh, I must say, the message this sends out to investors is very loud and clear. Get your money out of the Eurozone before they come. What you have done in Cyprus is you, you've actually sounded the death knell of the euro, nobody in the international community will have confidence in leaving their money there. And how ironic to see the Russian Prime Minister, Dmitry Medvedev, uh, compare your actions and say, I can only compare it to some of the decisions taken by the Soviet authorities. <laughs> and then we have a new German proposal that says that actually what we ought to do is confiscate some of the value of people's properties in the southern Mediterranean Eurozone states. Uh, this European Union is the new communism. <laughs> it is power without limits. It is creating a tide of human misery, and the sooner it is swept <laughs> away, the better. And what of this place? What of the Parliament? This Parliament has the ability to hold the Commission to account. I have put down a motion of censure debate on the table. I wonder whether any of you have the courage to recognise it and to support it. I very much doubt that, and I'm minded that there's a new Mrs Thatcher in Europe, and it's called Fritz, he's called Fritz Bolkestein, and he has said of this Parliament, remember he's a former Commissioner, it is not representative anymore. For the Dutch or European citizen, the European Parliament is living out a federal fantasy which is no longer sustainable. Woo! <laughs> Common criminals, I tell you. <laughs> they are. And why, uh, why did they leave that guy in there? Well they well, for entertainment? That must be <laughs> just for entertainment. They tried to kill him with that plane crash and like oh, Yeah, I know it failed. He lives. They probably tried to kill him again. So the the Netherlands, you know, this is a kind of a crazy story. So my daughter's over there and uh, she's uh, uh staying with her girlfriend. And um, and she's so you know she's like waiting for money from some and look she she makes she makes a cash call without even saying I said hey babe do you need a little bit of money should I send you some money so 
Oh, that'd be great, Dad. So I uh, I have a Chase account specifically for that because you can do um, it's called Quick Pay, and you can you know just like click and then you know five hundred dollars I think is the maximum. It shows up in her account. She can use it right away. I don't have to you know do all you know. It's like with mechanics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just go painful. on. I'm so sorry that I'm annoying you. No, I'm just saying you're explaining something you don't need to explain. You can get her money easy. Um, you plug it, what you're doing is giving a commercial to Chase and his <laughs> oh, No, I'm about not to. Believe oh, me, okay. it's not not a commercial at all. So, um, so I so I bop I, I, I quick pay five hundred dollars to her, and uh, and she but she has like I guess she lost her card before she went over. She has like a temporary card, and it won't work in the ATM. So I'm like, okay, I will wire it to you. So uh, Chase, we can't do that from a mechanics bank, but Chase has a way to to wire. So I set it all up. I did this on the eighth of April, and I'm just sitting there watching it. So my daughter, you know, we're talking about ten days. Uh, wires this, are terrible. Yeah, but it's like it's uh, how hard is it? You know, it click. makes no sense. To okay, me because a criminal can rip all, take all the money out of a bank and send it to the Cayman Islands in ten seconds. So this, so, so this, so this money went out of my account the day after and then it just didn't happen so i'm calling chase i'm like where's the money they don't have it because I, I had to send it to his, her, her girlfriend's account uh, at the ing bank where is it well it's keep saying submitted whatever so the wire department we're talking about a relatively small amount and you know the wire department and then you know finally word comes back two days ago yeah they stopped it because uh, they suspected there was a terrorist transfer what? Because I've written in the memo to recipient in Dutch, Christina overbooking. And I literally, I, I probably have the the voicemail where the bank calls me and says they want to know what overbooking means. I said, well, in Dutch, it's transfer. And then it got rejected. I don't have the money back, but I got, it got rejected because of a, a terrorist suspect, suspected terrorist activity because it was... Apparently not meant for the recipient. Do you believe that crap? What? Yeah. Yes. Well, who rejected the ING? That's not even clear. No one. No one's owning up to it. Obviously. And wow. uh, and so, but you know, at the same time, the ING, AB and Amro, and uh, SNS Bank are all claiming that they're under cyber attack. And uh, you know their websites are down. I think that there's a there's there's something serious. I don't have my money back, mind you. So my my daughter's so girlfriend you doesn't lost have five hundred dollars in the ether. Yes, it's, and it, so they've come up with this bogus excuse. Well, do we believe that you think now? What you're suspecting is that this something is really bad is going on, and then no one's ta fessing up to that's it. That's what I'm suspecting. Yeah, sounds a lot more likely. I mean, I mean, what is this bull crap the whole time? Oh, oh, we got it. Oh, yeah, no, it looks like another. Uh, oh boy, yeah, no, it looks like another uh, another cyber attack. What are you? Ta what are they talking about? Are you kidding me? Enough with all the cyber attacks. So I was seeing. I see. Okay, I could actually find the uh, the voicemail message. Um, that's pretty peculiar. Why can't she you, you put it in her account the original way and just have her walk into the bank and get it out that way? So does she, why does she have to use an ATM? I don't understand what your question is. You said that you have this deal with the Right, there's bank. no Chase Bank in in, uh, in Europe. Right. So, so it, But it goes, where does the... Oh, I see what you're saying. So, 
Right. Oh, right, right, right. It's not so going he, to change. Here's, here's the right. voicemail. She's going to use her regular right. card to pull it out the way I do when I'm over there. Here, here's the voicemail. I just wanted to reach out to you. I'm back now, so I can't wait to see you all next time. Um, I'm also working on this wire with Drew, and I just got a phone call, and they just had a question our wire department did as far as the instructions on the wire. They just wanted to know what Christina King. I guess it's O V E R. B O E is in every K I N G. I just want to know what that was in reference to. Give me a call back. So, so I'm not making this up. The, the, the wire department, you know, and no one has the money now. No one has it. It's gone. And 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 I they I don't have. They sent me an email. I don't have. I don't have a voicemail. Yeah, no, it got rejected because of the suspicion of terrorism. Because it was not meant for the. You intended to send it to someone else other than the recipient. Because I put that on the wire instructions. Are you fucking kidding me? Huh. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. So, he, so let me now let me tell you what... Meanwhile, you've been ripped off. I've been ripped off, and they're coming for you, people in Euroland. Here is your president of the European Union laying out very clearly where the money's going to come from because you are evading your taxes, you shitizen. Every year around 1 trillion euro is lost in EU member states because of tax evasion and tax avoidance. And to give you an idea, 1 trillion euro is about the same as the entire GDP or total income of Spain, the fifth biggest economy in the European Union. It's about the same as the Union's budget for the full seven years ahead. And it's 100 times more than the loan that was recently agreed for Cyprus. Tax evasion is unfair to citizens who work hard and pay their share of taxes for society to work. It is unfair to companies that pay their taxes but find it hard to compete because others don't. And tax evasion is a serious problem for countries that need resources to restore sound public finances. Mm-hmm. The current economic crisis only helps to stress the urgent need for fair and effective tax systems. We simply cannot afford nor tolerate tax complacency. Mm-hmm. And that's why the European Council discussed the question of fraud and fight against tax havens in our March meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've decided to put it on the agenda of our next meeting of the European Council on the 22nd of May. Let me be clear. We must seize the increased political momentum to address ah. this crucial problem. Uh-huh. Let us be clear. It is first and foremost for member states to act. act. But member states cannot effectively do it on their own or in isolation. Tax evasion is to a large extent a cross-border problem. Do you hear what's going on here? <laughs> uh, people, they're going to take your money. Taxes. You're you're avoiding your tax. I think we need a little audit. Hi. Hi. We just want to make sure that uh, you're uh, all compliant with your taxes. Here's what, here's what my prediction is on this. Mm-hmm. What they're going to do, we have a lot of um, <clears throat> profiling that's done by the tax bureaus. The IRS does it. <clears throat> where you can, if you can find out what somebody's doing for a living... You can profile them with a computer, and if, for example, they're a waitress, they they expect them to in a certain kind of restaurant. Yeah, they know exactly. They, expect, they know exactly they, what it should be. They know exactly what she's getting in tips. Mm-hmm. 
And well, they make that calculation, and they give you a little 10% leeway or and, whatever. And they, they sit in the restaurant sometimes and just watch and count. And Yeah, they do. They, that's why these, these programs are actually pretty good yeah. in terms of accuracy. So, but they, you know, they don't, they don't abuse them to any extent or the way that would be the way I think this would, would happen in the EU if they're starting to make these sorts of threats, which is that we know what, where you work and we know what you do for a living and we know that you should be paying this much tax. And you didn't pay that much tax. You paid this much tax. But everybody else in your sector pays this much tax except you. So we're just going to take this money from you. <laughs> so we're just going to even it out a little bit because you're clearly not paying your fair share. Fair share. So you, you would just essentially do a calculation on what somebody should be paying in taxes based on their what they do for a living and where they live and all the rest. And uh, then just take the money. Just take it. You don't have to do anything more than that because it would be a waste of resources to actually audit anybody. Oh, yeah. Well, but it's fun. It's fun to watch them sweat. Yeah, but, you, you know, the problem with auditing is people are so careless that, in, especially in the United States, if you if you audit 10 people, you'll find that six of them overpaid their taxes. And you don't need auditors coming in to get the guys <laughs> more money back. Hey, hey, man, that's not right. Nice. So, so what you do is you want to avoid the audit. And just right. take the money. Right. Uh, okay. I think that I think that's fair. That's why they're going to put everyone in a class classification. That's the whole. It starts with the cyber guys, right? You get certified, certified as a an engineer. You get certified as a nurse. You get certified as a teacher, and then you have your certification, your income class, and uh, you know, and you should be paying X amount of tax. And this should just make it simple. Just why not? Why just have the state pay everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a thought. Well, they're headed that way. It's yeah. kind of the fascist thing. Yeah. 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 That's not how we do it, though. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. All right. We do have a few people to thank. Kyle Bra- Beatty. B- Bandy. Huh. Kyle Bandy in Indianapolis, Indiana, with $133.33. SOS Ready LLC in Seattle, Washington, $125.05. And they have a Kickstarter, which will kick back some of it to us, apparently. Uh, you got to go to SOS Charger. Pledgers uh, simply commented there, no agenda listener, value for value. Thanks for the great insight for your hard work. He goes on and on. See the project at sho.orten.us slash SOS Charger or Google SOS Charger plus Kickstarter. Okay. What is, uh, what, and what, is it, what does that thing do? I don't know. Take a look while I'm reading. Mm-hmm. So it's some sort of a – oh, I know what it is. Yeah, it's cool. What it is is that – and because this is kind of, you know, after Superstorm Sandy. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a self – yeah. all right. It's, it's a little grinder. It's like a, it's a hand-cranked uh, uh, phone charger. So you put your phones in this, plug it into the thing, and you grind and grind and grind, and you get enough of a charge that you can make a call. Holy crap. How much has he given us? Five bucks. Of what? Of the who? I, I, I don't know. Something. All right. If you look at the Kickstarter. Yeah. They raised $106,000. Well, then if, it's for people who are no agenda listeners. So just indicate that somewhere they're almost done this is only going to last for a few more days yeah we've got seven more days but they they wanted to raise twenty seven thousand, 
and they it's, and and they went to one hundred and six thousand. Yeah, that happens. It looks like a, a cool device, actually. Yeah, no, I think it's cool if they can get it to work. I mean, I think you'd be grinding a lot because I mean it's a mini charge. It's true, but I don't know. I, I sounds three, like a great three, thing to have. Three to five minutes of winding gives you five to twelve minutes of talk time. Okay, that's pretty good. And or what I would do, I would get on the phone, keep it hooked up to the thing, and have one of the kids in the family grind away. <laughs> what else do you have kids for? Yeah, they're grinding. <laughs> keep going faster. I'm, faster. Ta- I'm talking to Curry here. <laughs> keep grinding. <laughs> Lori Swim in Marysville, Kansas, $100. Uh, FS in Boulder, Colorado, 8888. Lisa Lang in Roxbury Crossing, Massachusetts. $79 with the message Brolf. Ryan <laughs> Williams, Streamwood, Illinois. Oops, sorry. $73.73. That's this one. Uh, and then uh. Abraham Daly, Raymond, Maine. S- hit it. Oh. 69 69 I thought that would be over by now. It's still there, huh? Yeah. Uh, Dean Fredrickson in Plainville, Illinois, uh, 6969. And she's on the birthday list. Your uh, beautiful, forever youthful wife, mm. Deb. Mm. Um, Send pictures. Paul Vallis in Oro Valley, Arizona, 6969. Uh, Anonymous in Brooklyn, New York, 6969. He needs some getting, give him some karma. He needs to get laid, he says. And we can. All right, well, that's what it's for. You've got karma. It is our Swazanov, 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 69, 69, getting laid karma. It does appear to Carlos help. in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, this, oh, no, I'm sorry. Anonymous in Brooklyn, New York, uh, 69, 69. That's it. 69, 69, dude. That ends it. It's almost By the over. way, he says he canceled his Netflix account subscribing for ten eighty eight a month, which was my fee for Netflix. You're a much better value for value. And I should donate more, but can at the moment. We appreciate it. Um, Carlos in Chicago, sixty-six, sixty-six. Uh, we, you, we left that out. JC needs to be scolded. Uh, put her, uh, put his wife, Anita, on the birthday list. Um, he also, remember, I asked him before the show he was going to look something up for me, but he never sent me anything. Oh. Is he still around? Is he still listening? Yeah, I think he is. Let me call him with a loud whistle. Yeah, I like it when you do that. Anita's on the list. Okay. Anita's on the list. So ask him about Elise. Oh, Anita is on the list. Anita's on the list, but Elise. Oh, he's, he's put the logo. Now, what was this again that you were going to ask him about? About Elise. It's like she, but the, it's our Alaska fish girl. Like she sent him like five emails. I forwarded them. That she has an accounting, and I and it's like nothing. I, I said, "Did you look at?" It? He said, "Yeah, I'm writing it up now," and I, and I don't have an email from him. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it's uh, just super, I, super so interesting. Responding to the whistle, he must. I wonder where he went. He's hiding. <laughs> You're not I doing it right. Heard all over the house. <laughs> I have to pause. Take I take requests. Where he went. I hear noise. I think he's walking our way. <laughs> hey. Hey, where's the thing for a lease that Adam requested? 
Oh, okay. Well, come in here and explain it. Yeah. Get on the horn. Where the money was. She's asking where the money here. Talk to him. And <laughs> had given her a donation for her towards her damehood. Uh, $50. Yeah. It was never mentioned. And it's not there. It's never appeared. Okay. Oh, he went and looked on the on the PayPal thing. All right. So what's handy, Buzzkill Jr., is just like shoot a note back and just say, okay, we can't find it or something. Because all I get, because what happens, I get, I get like people keep emailing me. Oh, I don't care about it. Yeah. All right. It's fine. Thank you. Done. All right. That's okay. You don't need to do it now. Uh, all right. It's explained. It's, we're all good. We're all good. Okay. Carlos in Chicago, 666. Uh, Daniel Smith in Dayton, Ohio, 6562. Right, that's for and his check is, ride. Yeah, yeah. This is private pilot check ride. Yeah, we'll give him some check ride karma. You've got karma. You know what? You know what's cool about uh, Google? If cause he gave us the tail number, if you just enter the tail number into Google, it always shows you the uh, immediately. It recognizes it as an air, aircraft tail number, and you can yeah. and you yeah you can look it up. So show you, you a picture. Yeah, of course. You picture one of us to say. Book him, Dano. Okay, we just did. Eric Ortega in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, also known as N3 TUX 73s. QRV. 6509. QUF. Uh, Casey Depp, Georgetown, Kentucky, $62. And he wants a belated birthday to me. Uh, James Mann in Ringgold, Louisiana, 55, double nickels on the dime. Stephen J. Nelson, Wheat Ridge, Colorado, double nickels on the dime. Aaron Yoho in Fairmont, West Virginia, double nickels on the dime. I'll give you my pressure cooker when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. That's what he says. He had somebody that, you know, <coughs> so they're going to make him illegal. And it's, I think he's overreacting. No, no. Andrea Obranovich. We're going to have Pierce Morgan do uh, five weeks of programming about the dangers of uh, pressure cookers. In Plymouth, Minnesota, nuts, 5419. Uh, and he needs a shout-out for anniversary on April 19th. He's an avid no-agenda listener husband. Uh, is that not – that's not in the in the notes, is it? No. Well, we wouldn't put it in the no. list. Okay. We don't do anniversary, no. but we mention them. Yeah. Kirk Beery in Parker, Colorado, 50-50. Uh, he hasn't donated since the Hot Pockets tour. Whoa. He needs a de-douching. Hey, and there it is. It's the second 505. I told you we would get more than one. I said two, and this is the second. <laughs> You've been de-douched. That's right. Kevin Payne, Richmond, Virginia, 5001. Alan, Sir Allen being in, over here in Oakland, 50 bucks. I'm in Horn. Carindale, Queensland, 50, Marv Dorner, Mandan, North Dakota, 50, and finally, Michael Gates, Colorado Springs, Andrew Haverson, Gravenhurst, Ontario, Christopher Arneson in Hillsboro, wine-growing country up there, as I'm not mistaken, uh, Oregon, uh, Sir Ray Jacobson in Ashland, Virginia, and Sir Chris Slowinski, Kyle Bauer, and Philip Meeson in Powes, all $50. I want to thank them all. Uh, for uh, contributing to the show 505. And uh, we want to remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA for the next show coming up, which is usually going to be a little light because um, it's coming up Sunday in a couple of days. Yeah, and everyone is like, oh, okay, well, we got what we want from those guys. Screw them now. 
right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're too busy making our, our wind up charger. We got no time for those guys. Uh, well, of course, we do appreciate not just the uh, executive producers and associate executive producers who we give credit uh, up front, uh, front loaded in the program. Uh, as we do it, uh, man, I was watching Dallas and the credits just, they just go on forever. And, and yeah. I mean, it's like you're, you're halfway into the plot. And there's still that man. You love Mickey on the show. Well, if I get the chance to see it, well, it's it's on Netflix. Oh, it's on it's on the Amazon. You know what? Why don't you go pay four ninety nine for the HD version? <laughs> Take a look oh. at it. <laughs> um, and of course, we also are highly appreciative of our um, our subscription donors, who uh, often, in addition to. Uh, a, a larger production amount will uh, be on board with a $5 a month, 11 11 33 a month, some even more. Uh, that is really highly appreciated because it keeps us going, keeps us being able to do what we do, which is uh, watch an awful lot of really horrific stuff. Some of it is great. I have it's to very, admit, it's a very small percentage. <laughs> it's a, compared to your entertainment evening, yes, it's a very small percentage. Dvorak.org. James Murray congratulates Cole. Dean Fredrickson says happy birthday to his wife, Deb, celebrating today. Carlos's wife, Anita, celebrated yesterday. And Carlos uh, says happy birthday to Kai, turns four today. And Kurt Meary congratulates himself, also celebrating today. Happy birthday from your friends, your buddies, your pals here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. see, we have uh, one. And Nelson Ferreira becomes a black knight today. Uh, Nelson, I believe, from uh, Portugal. Um, but he may uh, originally be from Portugal and may live in New York at the moment. I, I can't really remember. So uh, it doesn't really matter because we just need to bring out the blades so we can do our business here, John, if you don't mind. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Nelson, step forward, please, my friend. Good to have you on this list, Nelson. I know you've been a producer of the No Agenda show for quite a while, and now you join the elite roundtable of the Knights and the Dames. So I hereby pronounce the Sir Black Knight, Nelson Ferreira, of the No Agenda roundtable. For you, sir, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, rubinets, women and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, and if you want, even some mutton and mead, and a spot at the illustrious table. That is round, proof, fact. And we have a upgrade of a title. Sir Robert Goshko will now be known as Baronet Robert Goshko. So we'll put him on the list in the credits as an upgrade. Uh, and we are tracking that, uh, of course. Uh, John C. Dvorak is our peerage officer and always making sure that things are going according to plan. And uh, Elise, I guess we're going to uh, figure out your situation. Uh, Buskill Jr. sent you a note, so we're working on that. It's just you know, you know, she, like she sends me pictures of her catching fish, and it's all hot and stuff. And is that the same? That's not our fish girl. We have though. two fish girls. This is the thing. We have two fish girls. We now. have two fish girls, and she sends wow. and she goes out like yeah, on a boat on a, in Alaska, and she goes catching salmon, the big ones, like really big ones, yeah. And uh, you know, and she's the forty footers. I think they're sixty. It's amazing. These <laughs> these salmon just jump right out at you. So um, amidst all of this. Uh, all this kind of crazy stuff that uh, that's been happening uh, here in the United States. There was uh, 
Another one of these uh, big fireballs uh, in the sky, I think. Uh, let me see where this one was. Attention all human resources. Right. Now entering second half of the... It was uh, over Madrid. Madrid, Spain. Now entering second half of show. A brilliant ball of flames streaked across the sky above the Spanish capital of Madrid, dazzling stargazers and astronomers alike. What could it be? Well, I've, I've done a little bit of research because I thought it was time to spruce up our second half of the show. And I stumbled across an interesting article uh, from the Navy. Navy.mil, in fact, is where this comes from. Um, and Navy.milf? Navy.milf, Navy exactly. Um, NRL, which stands for a Naval Research Laboratory, scientists produce densest artif densest artificial ionospheric plasma clouds using HARP. I'm like, huh? So they created the, the so essentially they're creating plasma blobs in the sky. As part of the, I'll read the, from the, the press release. This uh, is from the end of February from this year, this press release. Uh, these glow discharges in the upper atmosphere were generated as a part of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency sponsored basic research on ionospheric characteristics and effect, also known as brioche. Oh, those guys are so funny with their code names, aren't they? Look, it's a piece of bread in the sky. Brioche. The brioche campaign to explore ionospheric phenomena and its impact on communications and space weather. Um, you know my my theory on how essentially there's a space war going on all the time, and that we're just kind of oblivious to it. Yeah, we haven't heard that for a while. Yeah, but when I see this here, using the 3.6 megawatt high frequency HARP transmitter. The plasma clouds, or balls of plasma, are being studied for use as artificial mirrors at altitudes 50 kilometers below the natural ionosphere and are to be used for reflection of HF radar and communication signals. Now, this is bullcrap. Well, this I don't know. I mean, they've been saying since day one that the whole HARP thing is about communications. That, say what you will about the HARP thing. But using plasma as mirrors? Are you kidding me? We have 100,000 satellites in orbit. They all have mirrors. You don't need plasma to act. In fact, plasma is a very bad mirror. This is, this is total bullcrap. What is plasma used for? Weaponry. And I'm, now that I'm thinking about that Russian thing, maybe it was just a ball of plasma that tipped over. And we keep seeing these things. We did was one over. I mean, these can't all be meteorites. I think this plasma thing needs to be researched. And I know that just by saying this, people are going to start sending me information. But this plasma, like, oh, we're using it to, to bounce radio transmissions? No, 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 no. I know enough that plasma is not what I want to be sending my radio transmission into at all. And as a, Well, I mean, it's an interesting point. By the way, if we want people to send us stuff, which you just solicited, yeah, I need to mention... That Thorin, our artist, mm -hmm. needs to send us a big version of the artwork for Bag 33 because that's going to be the design oh, we're going to wow. use on our bags. Oh, wow. Great. Like it. But so tell him to get a hold of me. Send me a note at john at Dvorak.org because yeah. I don't have Thorin's address. Do yeah. we ever, we, nobody ever, of course, none of these artists, they're all holed up somewhere. They never talk to us. No. 
Did you know that um, asteroids or I- incoming space rocks are classified? I mean, they're class. What do you mean they're classified? Yeah, there's a big one. This is a B. No, no, no. This as, is a bigger one. This is C. No, as in, uh, mil- it's military policy observations of. Uh, so if the, if the Navy observes a space rock, an asteroid, meteorite, advertising, call it what you want, that that information is classified, not public. Why? Thank you. Good question. But apparently it's been that way for 10 or 15 years. They're classifying everything. Guy takes a poop. (laughs) That's classified turd material right there, son. So, you know, I'm just saying, you take that along with this plasma thing. Do you know how many satellites? There, you know, amateur radio guys launching satellites all the time. Hey, hey, Elon, can you throw, throw one of our satellites out? Do you know how many satellites are up there? It's got to be it's got to be an unbelievable amount. We should look at it. There must be I'm seriously there must be thousands and maybe 10,000 satellites, maybe even more. Who the hell knows? And they're at all distances. It's weird. Yeah. The geosynchronous ones, they must be like lined up, bumped up against each other. Yeah, well, from time to time, you know, they 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 knock each other out. We've, we've seen this. We've seen this happen. There's space wars going on, people, and this and these plasma events, you know, that that it's like, oh, well, it must have been a meteorite. Oh, it must have been an asteroid. Oh, well, we don't know what it is. No one cares anymore. Oh, just another flashing thing through the sky. Oh, well, well I guess it's something. So where was all these attacks from Kim Jong-un? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he ain't got no plasma. He can't shoot no plasma. All right, uh, so... I have a clip from Dempsey again. They asked him about cyber. Oh, good, because I was about to start into that. Uh, General Dempsey, let me let me start uh, on cyber. Cyber! Uh, if, if I might, I was pleased to see the increased funding uh, in the budget, especially given the threats and the capabilities that we've seen developing over these last few years. Uh, and what uh, you're proposing will hopefully uh, allow us to stay ahead of all of this. Can you give the committee a, a sense of what the $800 million in the budget will buy us? <laughs> what enhancements? Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> How much? Eight hundred <laughs> will uh, be a result of that investment that we didn't have before, and on, the, on that same subject. That's just from our tax return. They were sequestered. Now they're spending eight hundred million. Eight hundred million. <laughs> Given uh, the current level of maturity, is is it now the appropriate time to elevate uh, U.S. Cyber Command to the level of a, a separate unified command? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, good idea. The military. Curry and Dvorak in charge of that shit. They know what to do. A couple mil. Yeah. Uh, what, what we're doing with the 800 million? We we are organizing ourselves. <laughs> Currently, we have. <laughs> By the way, he's out of control with the with the with the whistle. It's yeah. out of control. Really? That's we are organizing ourselves under cybers. Organizing ourselves. Currently, we have capabilities at the national level, and, and I know you know this, Senator, but our portfolio for cyber is very cyber. narrowly defined as defending the dot mil domain. Whoa, $800 million just for dot mil? I, I so, thought that was different. I never knew that. But we're protecting ourselves, so. though we have said frequently that we have capabilities that could be extended to the nation should that become necessary. Wow, hold on a second. 
$800 million just just to defend the dot .mil domain? Yeah. Shit. And the defense against an attack, for example. But we're so we've got the teams formed at the at the national level. We're also trying to export the capability, if you will, to export, if you will, the combatant commanders. So oh. forming fusion centers, operation fusion centers, centers, if you will, so that they have the capability to conduct reconnaissance, reconnaissance. Of, um, of threat networks. External to the United States, of course, and then defensive uh, teams that, if the dot mill domain is under attack, can block, <laughs> and if necessary, uh, have the capability to perform offensive cyber as well. You are a thief, <laughs> a thief. I call, I call you a thief and a lying the $8 sack million of bogus website was thief, overpriced. Fucking thief! That, that's an outrage. That's crazy. Well, of course, while this is taking place, maybe today, it all depends, Sispa uh, will come to the floor. The Cyber Intelligence Sharing Protection Act. Well, we talked about this. Sharing. Sharing is not spying. And uh, here is a Mike Rogers. Uh, uh, Defending the CISPA Act and uh, some other douchebag on the other side trying to push back but actually saying the same thing. You know, the very companies that you say are uncomfortable with this support this bill. Uh, the Silicon Valley CEOs support this bill. The people who are in the business of prosperity on the Internet think this is the right approach. Are, are you in the business of prosperity on the Internet? Then you might have anal leakage. I mean, yeah, so, Silicon Valley CEOs seem to be a group now. Yeah. People on the Internet, if you're you know, a 14-year-old tweeter in the basement, I'm, you know, as my uh, took my nephew, I had to work, work him over a lot. On that. <laughs> I had to work that, that fucker over. I took him out back, I did. I said, listen, you 14-year-old tweeter, you in the basement, you see this stick? In this bill, uh, because he didn't understand the mechanics of it. I hear that a lot. Once you understand the threat, and you uh, understand the mechanics of how it works, uh, and you understand that people are not monitoring your content of your emails. That's about it. Most people go, got it. I got it. I got it. Having talked to uh, a number of executives of some of the leading tech companies, I would, I, would, uh, I would express their opinions of this bill as largely ambivalent. Uh, many of them feel it's fairly irrelevant because they feel they're better equipped to deal with threats to cybersecurity than our government, uh, and, and they, they find... The notion somewhat absurd that they would even even do this with their government. They see that they say, in fact, believe there should be a flow of ideas the other way from the private gov from the private sector to the government, so that we can catch up with many of the leading cybersecurity. Yeah, that's good. That's exactly what we want. We want them to be sharing with us. So this um, so the bill goes through committee. This is uh, House Resolution six two four, and uh, the uh, uh, White House sends a message. Oh boy. Oh, boy. Statement of administration policy regarding H.R. 624 Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act. Because, of course, we have to make the president look good. So he's going to say, this thing is not right yet. Nope, that's not right. I want to protect American citizens. Therefore, I shall veto the bill if you do not amend it properly. Dvorak, would you like to hear what I sent to the people of the Hill? 
And you read it, I bet. Uh, of course I did. And yeah. I highlighted it for you, and it's in the show notes at 505.nashownotes.com. Both government and private companies need cyber threat information to allow them to identify, prevent, and respond to malicious activity that can disrupt networks and could potentially damage critical infrastructure. Well, right there, I'll just say that is just... <clears throat> bullshit! That's not true. You don't need any of that, but okay. While there's bipartisan consensus on the need for such legislation, it should adhere to the following priorities. One, carefully safeguard privacy and civil liberties. Oh, it's always good to put that in. I'll skip two. Three, provide for appropriate sharing with targeted liability protections. Mm -hmm. House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence adopted several amendments. By the way, I didn't know the House Select Committee on Intelligence was permanent. What? It says... So the Committee on Intelligence is known as the HPSCI, House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. I guess it's permanent? I would think it's called permanent. Yeah. However, here it comes. The administration still seeks additional improvements. And if the bill as currently crafted were presented to the president, his senior advisors would recommend he veto the bill. Wow, that President Obama, he's really looking out for us. Is he? The administration remains concerned the bill does not require private entities to take reasonable steps to remove irrelevant personal information when sending cybersecurity data to the government or other private sector entities. Now, most people read that and go, wow, that's really great. The president's looking out for me, and he, you know, they want to take information out. No, 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 no. They want information sorted in their XML format. They want you. To, they they don't just want you to send over a spreadsheet. They want you to really spend some money and uh, and set it up properly so that they can really use the information. Further legislation also explicitly ensures that cybercrime victim, victims continue to report such crimes directly to federal law enforcement agencies and continue to receive the same protections that they do today. And this is really the key to this uh, to what the president is asking for. He's saying. That forget all the sharing stuff. If 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 a company is victim of what they consider to be a, a cyber crime, they should report it directly to the government and receive the same protect protections they do today. In other words, you're protected whether you're sharing under suspicion or not. HR six two four appropriately seeks to make clear that existing public private relationships. Uh, whether voluntary, contractual, or regulatory should be preserved and uninterrupted by this newly authorized information sharing. However, newly authorized information sharing for cybersecurity purposes from the private sector to the government should enter the government through a civilian agency, the Department of Homeland Security. Is that a civilian agency? Now, what was it again? It says newly authorized information sharing for cybersecurity purposes from the private sector to the government should enter the government through a civilian agency, the Department of Homeland Security. I think what they mean is it's an agency uh, that serves the public, not military. Right. Well, I don't like Janet Napolitano having, I don't like the TSA people having my information. That is the the gateway. And then to add insult to injury, it says here, legislation, so that he's telling uh, Congress what he wants in there. 
legislation must promote appropriate sharing within the government. Promote it. Mm. <sighs> okay, so what's going on with all of this? So this is the, um, uh, so we got an... Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there should be no sharing whatsoever. Just forget about it. Zero. Forget the, the, the mumbo-jumbo. I mean, uh, but it, what's the point of this? Well, here's an interesting little fun fact. So IBM, ah. who of course love this because IBM, you know, people think of IBM as you know like they make computers. No, IBM's main business is managing systems. Um, they, in fact, under Lou Gerstner, um, they were even my my client back in the in the nineties. They really built a huge multi-billion dollar business on managing systems and they manage systems for everything from healthcare uh to police forces to banks i mean they they that's really their business right john that i mean you know more about that than i do yeah well this is where you say yeah and here's okay but you don't have anything all right normally you have an anecdote no okay so ibm this week sent over 200 senior IBM executives to Washington to help lobby for the passage of the CISPA cybersecurity sharing All right, so let's bill. go over this again. Why? Well, they... Now, if I'm a big company, I'm going to have to be doing a lot of work now for the government for free. No, right? no, no. No, IBM does this for their clients. Oh, they, oh! I see what you do. Oh, they're right. They're the middleman. Yeah, they run no, the system. They're all for it. You're right. Of course. Right. But he, but here's the kicker. Remember the last time IBM worked with sharing information with the government? No. Oh, shall I remind you that IBM actually uh, uh, put together the punch card system that helped? Uh, oh, you're talking about the German? Uh, yeah, the Nazis. The Nazis uh, yeah, they, sort so out the Jews. Jews. So is this really something we want IBM doing again? That's a good one. Good catch. It's it's sickening is what it is. So you can look this up. IBM. In fact, it wasn't your buddy who Edwin Black. Isn't that your guy? Isn't that your buddy? Yeah, Edwin, Ed, Ed, Edwin Black. Ed Black. Great guy. Yeah, he wrote the book, um, IBM and the Holocaust, the, the strategic alliance between Nazi Germany and America's most powerful corporation. And um, they built, uh, what was the name of that machine? It's a Hollerith card sorter. Hollerith, yeah, punch card technology, Hollerith. And that's what they used to sort out the population to find the Jews, to send them into ovens. That's what that's IBM's legacy. And now IBM is in Washington trying to get your information. I wonder who they're going to go after this time. Oh, no, but this doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> On that reason alone, you sh this should be voted down. Just the whole idea that IBM is even involved. This is horrible. And it could go to the floor today. We wouldn't even know about it. because No, of all, nobody cares. All this other stuff that's They're just happening. getting beaten down because they keep bringing these things up. They just change. If, they got, if it didn't pass, they'd change the name and run it again. This is like the... You know, the EU pulling the stunt. Well, you didn't. You voted no, so let's vote again. You voted no, so let's vote <laughs> Try again. again. Go again, you voted boys. No, yes, vote again. Ah, you voted yes. Finally, good. You finally took the hint. <laughs> All right, I got. There's lots of stuff here. I want to save that for uh, for Sunday because we're we're going pretty long here. I do yeah, want to. Yeah, I do want to say one thing. Uh, next time you see a um, 
some kind of propaganda about North Korea, which they might bring back. I don't know. It depends. You think they'll have any North Korea stories between now and Sunday? Or is I that really just, doubt it. just stuff that's just they still had and they got to get rid of it? I'm loving the the new. So they they basically have two types of footage that everyone's using, and 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 play this little game and point it out to your friends and family so that you know that the propaganda is working. Um, they'll show you three three things. You see a bunch of dudes marching on the street in perfect like goose right. stepping. You see um, two trucks with missiles on it bound to the to the top. And my favorite new one is you got like 30 guys in a field and the one guy does a somersault. Have you seen that one? No. <laughs> yeah. So they got like guns with mach- like machine guns and they're running through a field like they're attacking. And then one guy does a forward somersault and shoots his machine gun right in front of the camera. You got well, it. The other one, it's you can't one. forget the one where they shoot a bunch of these missiles from the back of a truck. Right. A bunch of these little, you know, these. Yeah, but that, they're not using that one. They're not using that one. Cause, well, but, I saw it recently, and then, of course, Kim Jong-un in the binoculars. Yeah, but that's all. <laughs> that That's also, that's, you know, we've done that. It's it's not funny anymore. We've done it all. Well, I, my advice is to have these five clips ideas in your pocket written down, and then when they start showing this and you're with somebody that, you know, is susceptible to the phony baloney, say, yeah. here's what they're going to do, and you happen to hand them the card real quick before they run this <laughs> The somersault guy is my favorite, though. I think I haven't I seen that yet. I don't know if he's exclusive to CNN, but he's really funny. And they look like little green army men for some reason. They look exactly like little green army army dudes. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the former somersault is pretty cool. All right, we're done. Yeah, uh, I got a I got a final clip for you. This is uh, recorded from my favorite show. My favorite show being Smash. And uh, I was amazed at the uh, influence of the pharmaceutical industry uh, and the cavalierness of which it is uh, presented to the youth of America. Stranger? Well, I have written nine songs, and nine of them might suck. Nine songs in three days? You must be exhausted. No, actually, I'm good. Are you on something? Oh, just Adderall and Red Bull. (laughs) That's all? Hey, I needed to stay up. Derek is on me about this. If I can't get him something good, he's going to start taking some of your songs and giving them an on. That's all? Just Adderall and Red Bull? That's all? <laughs> That's all? Wait, really? That to me is unbelievable. It's just like carelessly promoted right there on network television. What are you, yeah, are you yeah, on yeah. something? No, just Adderall and Red Bull. Oh, okay, well, that's fine then. You mean amphetamines? <laughs> You're hyped? You're amped? Yeah, but it's not anything like Coke or anything. You know, it's yeah. just Adderall. Wouldn't want to do anything nasty. And that, my friends, is the true evil in the world. We've presented it to you. But don't worry, by Sunday, unicorns, rainbows, and dolphins, all from the Red Book. And we might as well close out with the rice and suspect long known for angry online screeds. The Mississippi man suspected of sending deadly ricin in letters to President Obama and a senator from his home state is no stranger to local police who have long viewed him as a paranoid conspiracy theorist. No! Wait, does he have three names? Uh, well, now I have to open this. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he does. Uh, I bet he does. Paul Kevin Curtis. Oh, not a middle name? Yeah. 
Paul, Kevin, Curtis. <laughs> hey, everybody. Coming to you from Austin, Texas, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I am John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you. We'll be back on Sunday with more No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A. <gasps>